Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 165. And today we are here with Ghost Boy Aki. Aki, what's up, BB? Yo, yo, what's up, man? What's going on? Downtime with Downstar. Not much, oh, man. Not much, man. Glad to be here, bro. Glad to be here. It's, uh, I wish this I wish this could have been done in person, but the way of the world now. Yeah, no, definitely, dude. It's uh it's kind of been beneficial, you know, because the if you're uh, if you're into podcasting, your best thing is to get the best audio, best video that you can. But when everything changes to to like Skype, it makes it so much easier for me because it's not like I'm putting out bad content. If gotcha. if like a Joe Rogan, they're doing Skype interviews and yeah. stuff, you know? So it's actually helped me connect with a lot of people that I wouldn't be able to um, logistically, you know? And you being yeah. one of them. I've been wanting yeah. to, to pod with you for shit. Even before before Downtime with Downstar. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've attempted it. Before we start, I just want to give a huge shout out to all my gunners that are listening right now. Um, I just I, I want to emphasize on how much I love and appreciate all of you. Um, thank you so much for your loyalty. I am nothing without you. I love you. I need you. I want you. I just want to get that out of the way. I do not want to forget the people that helped me grow and succeed. My gunners, if you're listening right now, I love you so much. Thank you for your loyalty. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what's I want to get that out of the way. Um, do, you, do you have the volume up on your end kind of high? Oh, uh, yeah. You Maybe, want me to lower it? Uh, just a little bit. There's a little feedback. One, two, yeah, that three. Right there is cool. This is good? Yeah, that should be cool. Perfect. Yeah, sometimes I, I was just hearing a little feedback, but it's all good. But uh, nice. yeah, big shout out to the Gunners, man. They uh, they definitely have your back for sure. And, yeah. and it shows, Yeah, you know, especially in so many situations where it didn't seem like anybody had your back. But but these people. Yeah. Yeah. Complete strangers, man, that uh, that that believed in the same vision as me. And um, I guess their judge of character seeing that I believed in them also. So they said, hey, you know what? we're going full force with this movement and we're staying 10 toes down with this guy. And I, I, I never, I've never misled them. I've yeah. never misled them. And it's a lot of responsibility, bro. It's a yeah, lot. no, definitely, man. Especially when maybe you're still going through, through different phases in your life and you have to learn how to navigate that and then still have a following behind you and hope mm -hmm. that you're going in the right direction with things and, leading them down the right path. Yeah. I tried to teach them like uh, loyalty, honor, respect, self-respect yeah. is the most important yeah. thing that we, you know, having self-respect is the most important thing into the movement. You know what I mean? Also having the respect of people uh, that you somewhat appreciate. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a real touchy subject that we have like a, an understanding about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now you talk about, um, you know, loyalty and honor and respect. Where did you learn those values at? Oh, man. Uh, I was, well, I'm blessed to be an 80s baby. You know what I mean? I was born in 1985. And uh, my mom owned a grocery store and, you know, real hardworking woman. And around that neighborhood, it was a little bit of, the, you know, I was in the ghetto. I was in the hood. Yeah. And around that neighborhood, yeah. I had some some older gentlemen. I've always hung out with older older people. 
and I've always picked up like some small gems from them. And uh, they instilled that into me. You know what I mean? The loyalty, the honor, the tattletaling thing. You know, it's just like, you know, a, a real upbringing yeah. uh, happened uh, during that time in, in Yonkers, New York, obviously. And that's what I try to instill onto my gunners because most of them are young. My demographic is 18 to 25. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to just mold them into having respect, honor, and stand for something, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. So before we get into everything, uh, can you just give us, just people, just a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Ghost Boy Aki. Um, I live in Yonkers, New York. I have a small garage. I build cars. I influence. I motivate. I have a YouTube channel. I have an Instagram page. I have a company. And I just take care of the people that take care of me. That's it. I don't try to make anyone else in the world happy besides the people that believe in me. And that's the way that I run my life. That's me. Okay. Let's dig into it. Um, did you grow up in Yonkers? Uh, well, I was born, I was born in Amman, Jordan. Okay. I got, okay. I got to, uh, I got to Patterson, New Jersey when I was about, uh, three or four years old, I went to kindergarten there, and then we moved to Yonkers, New York, Carroll Avenue, when I was about five, six years old. Uh, and then ever since then, I've just been living in Yonkers, you know what I mean? How'd you guys yeah. end up going from Jordan to Patterson, New Jersey? Uh, my mom my mom had gotten a visa to come to this country, and obviously for better living. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jordan is beautiful. My country's beautiful. It's just, uh, you know, people want more. You want more for your children. You want more for yourself. We always want more. And um, she figured the best opportunity she would have is my, my mom. My mom needs to have someone find her and make a movie about her because she has the most incredible story I've ever seen in my life. Ever, ever. Um, my mom got here with me my other sister, I'm the oldest of five. At that time when we moved to America, it was only um, it was only me and my sister, my father and my mother. Okay. And my mom got here on a visa uh, with a hundred dollars that my grandmother gave her. Mm. And some way somehow we crashed into an attic from another uh, a friend that got a visa here and we were cramped up I would say seven to eight people in the attic. And uh, it's a crazy story. This is how we got to Yonkers, New York, Frank. Crazy. It's just the way that the stars line up. Yeah. Um, my father saw a closet downstairs that they were throwing away out of the building. My mom told him, I want that closet. We need it. Like, we can put all the children's stuff in there. Mm -hmm. My dad's like, oh, this is too heavy. I'm, I can't pick this up. My father asked a couple of his friends that he met in New Jersey, in Patterson, to help him bring the closet up. Now, we're flat broke. My dad's driving a cab. My mom's staying at home with us, too. And we have no money. We're barely, barely eating. The closet, they finally get it up there. A uh, couple of weeks go by, a couple of months go by. Me and my sister are playing hide and seek. 
I'm inside the closet. She catches me. I get so scared. I jump. When I land down, I break the closet. Like it had like a little wooden board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break the closet. Break the wooden board. Get out. I just see a, a stash of money. No shit. I, I swear to you on my two children, man, never see them again. I see a big ass, a whole bunch of money. I know what money is, but I don't know the value of it. I call my mom. My mom runs to the to the room and she goes, what happened? I said, Ma, look, I broke the clock. I'm so scared. When she seen the money, her eyes like, bro, $10,000. Whoa. Ten thousand dollars she got the money a couple of months later or a couple of weeks later we moved to yonkers new york to a two-bedroom apartment dude and, that's and wild i literally saved i saved my family's life from being a badass kid <laughs> from being a badass kid just uh just just <laughs> fall upon this blessing man and my, and my dad had the biggest fight with my mom about this closet Oh my God! No, I can't. It's too heavy. It's she. She just kept telling them we need it. We need it, and they they brought it up, and that it was ten thousand dollars, man. And we moved to Yonkers, New York. My mom got a job, so it started from the ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Obviously, my dad was like a a gamblerholic, mm. so he would figure out card games. He'd go screw up all our money. Gotcha. So my mom took some of the money and just you know she just held on to it. She got a job. Uh, cutting cold cuts mm. at a deli. So her job was just to cut cold cuts at a deli. And make a long story short, from cutting the cold cuts, she bought the grocery store she was working in. From buying the grocery store, she bought the building that was on top of the grocery store. 42-unit wow. building, three storefronts. From there, she bought three other uh, apartment buildings uh, a six, a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, all from that one deli. And all my friends that are watching right now that know me personally are smiling right now because that's exactly what happened. Fuck. My mom is like the the craziest hustler ever, bro. She got deported in two thousand five, October fifth. Um, she was collecting Section Eight, mm -hmm. which is like welfare. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it on the West. Yeah, and. Um, one of the tenants moved out like she's just some crackhead lady that moved to florida but my mom was still cashing in the section eight checks my mom had no idea she was missing my mom doesn't need to see you when you have section eight yeah my mom cashes the checks it was right around it was right after 9 11. so being an arab muslim in this country was real sketchy oh shit. you know what i mean yeah. so she, my father divorced, my mom and my dad got a divorce in 2000. Okay. 2001 is 9-11. Yeah. So my dad was so bitter because he was just, he was a rock, you know, he was, he was just, he had no, uh, he had no vision. So uh, long story short, my dad reports my mom and says, my mom's been sending money to my country to support terrorism. Wow, my mom and, and anyone that knows my mom knows. Like, I think I think that generation of our moms are real. 
you know, they're real cheap. You yeah. Know, our, our parents basically are like, oh, you could live off one pair of sneakers a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when it when it happened, my mom was like, do you guys know who I really am? Yeah. Like. I count the toilet tissue to make sure I get a thousand sheets. <laughs> you know yo, my mom, yo, bro, my mom is cheap as fuck, dude. Um, anyway, my mom gets deported. Um, I lick, I liquidate, I get a power of attorney in her name. This is at 18 years old. Uh-huh. I get a power of attorney in her name and I'm in charge of over $9 million in real estate at 18 years old with four siblings with four siblings and now my sisters are teenagers i'm 18 so teenage girls in new york i said ma i can't handle this like i i can't do this she goes okay listen liquidate everything send me the money i'm gonna start building over here so dude my mom is beyond set 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 and I bring her up now and I emphasize on her story so much because she's the most amazing woman I've ever met. You know what I mean? Resilient, five children. And I mean, this is an Arab woman that's some, my mom, to me, my mom is beautiful. And she had to deal with like sexual harassment, you know, cops, uh, city inspectors, you know, because when you got buildings, man, you know. You mm-hmm. gotta meet. You, you gotta know the right people. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the fuck was going on. You know what I mean? I can only imagine. But I love my mom so much. I'll never have another one. And I I appreciate her for giving me all of this hustle too. I love it, man. So she's back in Jordan now. Yeah, she's back in Jordan, and she doesn't want to come back. She's living a peaceful life there. She has a beautiful home, seven bedroom home five bathrooms and it's her and the maid because all my sisters came back here they got married in jordan Mm -hmm. and all my sisters and my brother came back here so while i was liquidating all of the real estate and sending her the money um i I also sent my sisters and my brother there while i took care of business and then eventually my sisters came back with their husbands and now they're living a successful life here and uh, my brother's doing great. And I never really get to talk about my siblings, like even with my gunners and everything. So this is probably super new to them. And um, and that's it. Yeah, my mom owns a bunch of real estate there. She goes traveling throughout the world besides America. She's yeah. not allowed here. But uh, yeah, that's my mom. So my when mom. everybody was gone, um, they were all in Jordan. Where was your pops at? Well, my dad... Um, so there was a building that I was selling for about 1.7 million. It was a uh, one something Stanley, I forget. And when we were doing the closing cost, a lien came up, so we couldn't do the closing. We're like, you know, you know how long lien uh, closings happen? It takes almost 30 to 45 days. Yeah. So I'm waiting 45 days to sell this building. We got a buyer, the lawyer, the meeting, the accountant, everyone's there. The bank is there, and. Mind you, my dad is the reason my mom is deported. We're at the closing and the lawyer on the buyer's end says, hey, we have a problem. There's a lien on the property. We got no deal. Oh, who's the lien for? It's my dad's name. $480,000. Hmm. 
So my lawyer says, listen, it's either we fight this in court for a couple of years, but there is a lien. He has the proper paperwork or you can pay him the money now. Mm. So I call my mom the day of the closing and I say, look, X, Y, Z is happening. We can't sell the property. She goes, fuck him. Give him the money. Uh, it, it won't last him. So I write him a check. So remember, I had a POA for my mom. Mm -hmm. So I write him a check for, I write my dad a check at 19 years old for $480,000. Give him the money. He ruined it in a year. Wow. Put a, put a business, he put a business, he bought a pizzeria and a grocery store. Put both of them in his cousin's name. I don't know why. And then his cousin kicked them out of both businesses. Karma. <laughs> and, and my mom prays for him. You know oh, what I mean? My, my mom prays for him. So, but that's what my dad was this entire time, too. So you, 18, 19, probably not the best relationship with your dad, your mom, and your sisters, and your brother. They're gone. What is your life at like at that age? Um, trying, trying to do this racing thing. So I was, I was, I was, I had my first Honda Civic at 15 years old, 16 mm -hmm. years old. I was a golf caddy. I was mm -hmm. making some decent money caddying. Um, in an average of a summer at 18 years, at like 16, at 15, 16, 17 years old, I was making 27 to $30,000 a summer. Wow. Carrying, wow. carrying golf bags. Yeah. For, um, the 25th rank golf. 25th ranked golf course in the world, Quaker Ridge in Scarsdale, New York. Uh, and I had enough money that I didn't have to ask my mom. My mom, like I told you, my mom was, she was real cheap. So she wasn't buying me whatever I wanted. Once I got my job, I was able to get all the sneakers, all the nice clothes and a car. So I bought a 94 purple ex coupe single cam and i and and i thought it was the greatest thing in the world and that yeah. was um when you were 15 uh 15 going on 16 i just got a driver's permit and in new york you need someone with a driver's license to drive with you so i lost my license at 16 too and my permit because oh. i wasn't driving with anyone yeah 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 yeah, okay. So, so uh, 15 years old, you get the car, but were you already into cars and into Hondas? When did that start? Um, so I'm pretty sure everyone around the world has heard of Hunts Point, Hunts Point Racing. It's like a real big thing in the Bronx where everyone meets on the weekends. It's actually based it. Some of the Fast and Furious is based off some of that racing. And yeah, like point. from from Ralphie, right? From Ralphie right. DRT and Angel, uh, Angel at uh, I don't want to be get, I don't want to forget this real big Volkswagen guy. Uh, there's a, it's a shop in Yonkers. He's literally three minutes away. Okay. it's based off of Angel and Ralphie DRT, and basically that's where um the racing was happening. So my brother, that was I called him my brother James, had a CRX 1991 silver with tsw 17s on it so we thought we were the greatest in the world he takes me one night to hunt's point and then i just fell in love just flat out fell in love 
the adrenaline, the cops coming, running from the cops, getting in the car, finding a new spot to race, race for 20, 30 minutes, cops come there, go to spot B, go to spot C, three, four o'clock in the morning, go home. So that was your first intro into into Hondas was going out to this meet? Uh, going out to street races in Hunts Point was my initial meeting with racing. Yeah. Now, how did you meet your buddy James? Uh, so I call him my he is he's my brother. Um, he when my mom owned the grocery store, he lived across the street. And we just kicked it off. He was like I told you, I always hung out with older people. Yeah. So yeah. James um, was three years or three or four years older than me. And he just took me under the wing. You know what I mean? Um, I remember I was bullied a lot as a kid. So I got my ass whooped every day. And they all took turns on kicking my ass all the way until I got to about 15 years old. And then I just snapped. So I just went like on this rage of trying to find everybody that used to bully me and i just fucked them up yeah the final destination you know what it was i I was a chubby kid i started to thin thin up a little bit you know puberty was kicking in and then james you know always slap boxing with me taught me some shit and i just came to the block one day like the i was getting beat up in front of my store bro Mm. In front of my mom, like my mom would come out like with a broom and like, yo, why you don't leave my son alone? And then one day I just I, I think I got two I got into two fights that day. I just walked up to two of the kids that used to bully me. I was like, yo, what's good? Oh, what the fuck you doing? What's up? They'd beat me up and then we'd act like nothing happened. You know what I mean? That's how it is on the block. And then I just started hooking off on them, you know, and then the same day, maybe towards the evening, I found another kid that used to bully me. And then I just just hooked off on him too. That's what James taught me too. James like always swing first. Yeah. They ain't yeah. never gonna expect it. But um yeah, James James was my hero, man, and he passed he passed away in a motorcycle accident. And now um I actually I live his mother lives with me. She has her own room. I pay pay the rent there, really? take care, make sure she's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the only she's the only one he was the only child mm-hmm. and her husband died so james was everything that she had so his mother lives with me uh she's taking care of my sisters treat her like gold and she's part of our family you know what i mean yeah that's awesome man yeah Hell she's man. great yeah. so when you and james are headed out to the races he takes you out there you uh he plants a seed what was life like after that for you did you just go full force into it? Yeah, I wanted because remember when I got there, I was on the sideline watching two cars go down the quarter mile with a flag guy. And I was like, yo, I want to be in one of those cars. And I'm 15. No one's going to give me their keys and like go race. Yeah, I barely knew how to drive. So when I finally bought my own car, I'd go and practice by myself, like dumping the clutch, preloading. And all the stuff that I watched and I envisioned, like all the stuff I observed when I was on the sideline. And then sure enough, 16, 17, I was there racing. I was there racing my own car. I didn't care if it broke or crashed. It was my car. And um, yeah, that was it. So at this time, uh, Hunts Point is probably um, a, a staple for out in your area. 
Who are oh, yeah. who are some of the uh, the big names that were out there at that time when you were coming up? Who were the guys that uh, the fast cars, the big names, and maybe some guys that are still around to this day? Um, there was a one. There was there was a few dudes. So there was this one dude named Ramsack, and he was actually one of the first people. He had a Toyota Twin Cam uh, SR5, I think, with a two JZ motor in it. Wow. Yeah, this is two thousand one. 2000 no no this is 2002 2003 something like that gotcha one of the first in that and there was another kid that would did all hondas his name was j spec and we all idolized him he was actually the only person in this entire city that knew how to do a swap j spec his name is j spec yeah jason is he's he lives down here. Yeah, he yeah, he he's a Honda technician down in um in Florida now. Got you. Okay. But he was honestly he was my hero. Like I'm his hero now. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yo, it's crazy how life three like completely turns. He idolizes me. That's But dope. when I was a young kid, I would scrub his toolbox just to be around him, just to pick up the knowledge. And he would allow me to learn a few little things here and there, but he wouldn't give me the full book. And I had to respect that. I can take whatever they can give me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, most importantly, uh, if you guys remember the name, uh, J-Spec and Ramsack. Two legends. Dope, man. So you're going out there. When did you actually start racing? Uh, 16 going on 17. Once I was able to get that green little ticket that says I can drive, uh, I was going out there trying to win races and I would win. There was no money involved. It was just like, if you won, you got, you got to come back and race right away. But if you lost, you had to go to the end of the line and wait for like an hour. Got you. Got you. I didn't win much when I was younger. I didn't win much. And this is racing on the highway? No, this is uh, it's like an industrial area. Something like you got, you guys got a lot of those areas. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Jason Parks. Uh, Jason, I love you if you're listening. Uh, Jason Parks showed me this one area where you guys used to get some real big money runs. It was like an industrial area, and he used to tell me about legends in the Honda world. Doctor Charles, White Ass yeah. Street. The, yeah, it was a wide street. Got you. It was a wide street. Uh, he said, you know, Dr. Charles raced there, um, the Bergenholtz brothers raced there, a whole bunch of legends. And then I'm like, and he's like, yeah, I, I stole my mom's uh, car to come here. And I was like, what? You did that over here? And it was so dope. Was hey, so Jason's dope. a fucking savage, bro. If you guys haven't listened, we've done three podcasts. And then that first podcast, he tells us really how savage he is. Yeah, he's, he, he's still a savage, bro. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yo, you got yo. That is the worst guy to drive in the car with. Like you be a passenger with. Yeah. He hits the first of all. He floors it every light, and he hits the brake the last <laughs> second. So you're thinking you're about to crash for 300 feet, but somehow, some way, he stops. I love Jason, but, man. And uh, oh, I love him. I love his son. I love his whole crew, man. I love Chris. Listen, man, FCS in California, man, some of some of these California people should be fucking ashamed of themselves. The way that they side with other people while you have people in your state. Yeah. Support them, bro. 
all because you don't want to show your the person in your state love, you buy the same part that's not even as good from someone else. You guys are fucking mutts, bro. Serious, I hate that shit. <laughs> well, we'll get into all that stuff, bro, because we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of topics to go over. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. I just did. You know, I it's. When it comes to Jason Parks and FCS, I take a lot of shit personal because I love yeah. him. I under I I I love him so much that I can I'm so afraid of losing his loyalty. That's how much I love him because I don't I never ever want to have a falling out with Jason. I pray to God I never do because I, I love him. So much. I think even if you did and uh, you guys would just have to get on the phone, Facetime, yell it out, and then that's it because yeah. Jason's an OG. He, the way that yep. he handles stuff is like an OG, you know? So if things do go that way, all it would just take is a call and just get yelled at in, uh, in Korean or something, and then you'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love 100%. Jason, man. Great dude, dude. And he's he, I think that he's our window from the newer generation to the older generation. He fell in between. So he's seen the OGs coming up, and he was the guy, you know, scrubbing the tools. You know, he always says the shit little kid at the shop. But he was around when when the legends were around, when the legends were racing. But he was just younger at that time. That is such a that is such a dope ass analogy you just made. So dope because he he is he is like right in the middle. Because now he's taking care of eighteen year old racers. Yeah, definitely. When he when he when when the people that were racing in his era are in their mid forties. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. If if you divide this Honda community from, you know, um the East Coast versus West Coast, and then West Coast, you go down to California and then SoCal and then keep going. This stuff originated in SoCal. And I'm getting yeah. these stories from so many of the OGs, you know, yeah. and then as that grows, as the OGs, they maybe didn't finish uh, their passion in Hondas, went to do something else. You know, there's mm -hmm. very, very few guys that are still around that are yeah. still doing it. And, you know, Jason is one of the guys that have has been around since the beginning, and he's still in here. And, and yeah, dude, I, I feel like he should definitely get a lot more respect in this, for oh, sure. Without, without a doubt, he's a... Uh... He's a pioneer in this sport. You know what I mean? He's a pioneer. He's an intelligent man. Definitely. He's an intelligent man. And honestly, he talks shit and backs it up with his car. You know what I mean? He puts his money where his mouth is. And um, I definitely think California needs to appreciate Jason fucking Parks. Definitely. You need to. Yeah, he's come out with so many innovative things. And um, yeah, just big shout out to Jason, man. Ever since I've met him, he's always been a stand-up dude. I didn't have shit to offer him back in the day. I was a nobody when I met him. He uh, he invited me into his home. And ever since then, you know, uh, we've just built a relationship. And uh, I talk to him all the time now, man. And it's just somebody that I look up to, you know, someone that I, I look up to. <laughs> Definitely, man. So, um, street racing, finally. When did you start noticing that there was an actual culture in the Honda community as far as shops, different race crews, uh, different personalities, rather than it was something just on a Saturday night where you go out and race? 
Oh, um, I didn't know where to get performance parts. So I had to mingle with people and understand where are you getting these parts to go faster than me. And at that time, full throttle and queens and flushing was was the biggest thing since sliced bread for Honda guys. This is where that listen to me, that little shithole made millions of dollars. It's the smallest thing in the world. I don't 10 people can't fit in there. Full throttle in Queens. Full, full throttle flushing Queens. Is it still open? Still open. Really? Still open. Still open. Still grinding. Um, they were one of the first sellers on like eBay. One of the first uh, in-store places for performance. They must have sold more skunk than skunk. They must have sold more skunk than skunk. Gotcha. But gotcha. we, I, I would go there. I would find out where everyone was going. They said there. I would go over there. They were shitty with customer service. Um, they were shitty with sharing knowledge. So you had to figure it out on your own and then buy something. So uh, I would walk in there and just figure out these components from Gran Turismo too. Like that taught you a lot of things mm. too. Like intake manifold, exhaust, headers, tires. So I would walk in there basically and be like, yo, I have this motor in my car. I need this, but bigger. And then they would provide that part. But um, yeah, it, it, it always starts with a shop, though. It always starts with a shop. And, um, and that was it. You started yeah. going there, getting parts. And um, when did you start turning into um, a real street racer racing for money? Um, so Hunts Point died. They put speed bumps and ah. speed tracks. Yeah. When was that? Um, this was around 2004. Got you. Okay. 2004, 2005. From there, we heard about this spot called Avenue P in, uh, in Jersey. So I got cool with a couple of people in Yonkers. We had our own little crew and we would go to Jersey on the weekends and race over there. We would, we would race at AFP. And, um, and then that's where I met like Caesar and them. And that's where I met Tootsie, Jonathan, mm -hmm. the owner of Tri-State, uh, Palma, Jay. Um, I'm saying these names cause they're known. Um, uh, Eggy, Farrell, I met a bunch of met a bunch of dudes that raced, you know what I mean? And they all they all had faster cars than me. Yeah. So Hunts Point, how far was that from Avenue P? An hour. Got you, got you. So you're racing an hour away, that goes away, and then everybody's like, Hey, we have this other spot down here, so you and the crew start going out there. Yep. Perfect. And yep. then you start meeting all of these other names. Who did you yeah. um let's get to how you ended up uh racing with High Boost? Okay. Um, I go down there, um, I meet them, we mingle, you know, and then we go to English town. Okay. So I take my white bubble to English town and I had, a, it was an LSV tech with a, a B16 piston on an LS rod with a GSR head, skunk two bolt on stuff, type R cams and a 50 shot of nitrous. So... I'm going to the track. I put some BF Goodriches on there and I'm like, okay, I'm going, you know, I, I went by myself that time. I just strictly dolo. 
And lo and behold, I see Caesar, Kirby, Sneeze, and Ed. These are the original founders of aggressive motorsports okay. at that time. And they're like, yo, what's good? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. You here at the track? What you doing? Oh, you trying to run? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to race, man. I'm like, all right, cool. If you need help, let us know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. I don't want to let them know because I want to race them maybe later on that night and try to take their money. Mm -hmm. So they know that. So they're watching from the stands. They're watching me spin. I'm spraying the nitrous in second, blah, 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 blah. So they wait till the last pass. Mind you, I'm stuck at like 13.6 with this car. They wait till the last pass. They come up to me in the lanes and they go, yo, what tire pressure are you leaving at? I said, ah, oh, you know, like 27 pounds. They're like, hell no, bro. Drop that shit to 15, 13. I'm like, what? Hell no. No way. No, no. They're like, listen, when are you spraying the nitrous? I'm like, in second gear. After I get it into second, I spray it. So Caesar goes, yo, I got you. This is what you're going to do. Me and the other guys, we're going to take care of your tires. We're going to bring you to the burnout box, and then I want you to spray it in first gear. I said, yo, you sure? He said, yo, bro, if you don't go faster, I'll pay for whatever you want. Hmm. I said, yo, bet. Take, I'll take the bet. They put the tires to 12 pounds. I do a second gear burnout. Go to the uh, line. Rev it, preload the car, launch, spray it in first gear, shift, third, fourth, finish, go to collect my time slip. 12-2. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bro, first of all, I can't even, I don't even realize. I'm like, what? Hold on. I don't want to go back because I don't want them to be right. <laughs> Lo and behold, as I'm coming back, I'm screaming in the car. I'm like, oh, my God, I just went 12-2. Can you believe it? And um, they're right there. They're right there where I left, like, some of my spare parts that I yeah. just took out yeah. of the car and just left in a little spot. And they all, they all, they're cheering for me. And I'm like, as I'm driving and they're cheering, they're smiling, I'm like, yo, these are my friends, yo. Wow. These are my boys. Yo, these are these are my friends, yo. I get out, I hug them. I'm like, yo, thank you so much, my niggas. I didn't I can't believe this, yo. They're like, yo, bro, look, whenever you want, just come by this shop right here, bro. We'll help you out, man. And then we became a family, bro. We became a family, man. And it was the most beautiful thing. It was organic. It was there was no hidden agendas. They helped me go turbo. I kept going faster. I kept getting my name up in the street. We're racing for fucking thousands of dollars. I'm winning. The shop closes down. And this was aggressive motorsports, you said? It was aggressive motorsports in Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. Farrell was there. Caesar shared a bay next to Farrell. And... um. And, and the shop closed down, and we had nowhere to go. Now, what do you we mean he shared a, a bay? Were you able to, like, rent out bays and do your own kind of work there, or how did that work? So one guy had the shop under his name because he owned a race car. 
Gotcha. So he always maintenanced the race car, but the shop was so big that he would rent bays to other mechanics. Okay. So one bay belonged to Caesar, but Caesar never had tools. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh had all the tools in that box. He still has it. And, um, and we became friends and everything was good. And then the shop closed down. So we had to find a new place. So now aggressive motorsports is closed because the guy that owned the car just quit on it. Um, and we found another shop in Hackensack right down the road. This it was like a, a it was like a tire. It was like a it was like a general mechanic shop. The owner of the shop name was Bill. We ended up getting two lifts in there, and we had no name. Mm-hmm. We're like, yo, bro, aggressive is closed. You know, Hector took the name. We're not aggressive motorsports no more. And I told you they helped me go turbo. So Felix Medina was tuning my car. And this is when the innovative boost controllers were out, where each gear had a button Mm -hmm. and then it would put it into that boost. But you can drive on low boost. So there was a switch. I was the first one with it. There was a switch. I bought it from NB Racing. There was a switch on my dash that said, Low, high, low boost, high boost. Mm-hmm. So when we go to the dyno, you know, obviously be like, all right, turn on the high boost and tune mm. it to high. So now we're sitting in the parking lot. It's me, Caesar, um, Kirby. I think Ed was there. And they're like, yo, we need to come up with a name, bro. We got to have, we, it, it's us now. You know what I mean? It's us. We're by ourselves. And we're like, all right, cool. We're thinking the names. We're thinking the names. Whose car are we sitting in? Your hatch? We're sitting in my hatch. I looked to the left, and I wrote on it with a black marker, high slash B, low slash B. Yeah. And I was like, yo, what about high boost? Like, what? Like, yeah, my nigga, like, we want to click high boost, right? We always want to feel high boost. Let's go high boost. Fire. Dope. We start putting it out. B20 VTech is popping. We put in high boost, high boost, high boost, high boost, high boost, high boost, high boost. I go make the first sticker. I put it on my hatch. High boost. I pick out the lettering, everything. Flawless. Had a dude that was uh, making the stickers. Uh, I think his name was Rigo, Ringo. He used to make the stickers for Technology R in the Bronx. He helped me make the first high boost sticker. And then Caesar eventually uh, started putting division. So it would say high boost, division, all motor. Division, oh, got you, got you. Division, got you. all wheel drive, whatever it was. I, I was never a fan of the division part, but I liked it. It was his It was his implement into the movement, into that name. Yeah. And, um, and that was it. And then from there, Bill closed down the shop, and then we moved to back towards where aggressive used to be and then eventually we ended up in jersey city yeah and is that the shop that's still around to this day yeah the one in jersey city is the shop where farrell is at now gotcha so he's there he's doing whatever he's doing and caesar ended up moving down to florida he works for uh enemy creations yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, he works for enemy yeah, he works for enemy creations gotcha, yeah gotcha. he's a salesman there he does a good job man he does a good job yeah so the start of High Boost, how many dudes were in it? For uh, five people. Five people. So it was me. It was give or take five or six people. It was me, 
Caesar, Sneeze, Kirby, Ed, and a tall white boy named eBay. Uh-huh. So Farrell had left Bill's shop. He took his toolbox and he left with some kid named Eggy and they opened up Jersey City. Okay. And, and we were like, yo, but we don't have tools. He was like, yo, I, I got to make moves, man. I got to go to a different. We're like, all right, cool. Peace out. We still kept a cordial with him and everything. But eventually, um, we ended up opening a shop for performance and parts in Jersey City. Yeah. Now, at- so me. Caesar went there. Okay. Now at this time is uh is Caesar like the leader of High Boost? Uh it's me and him. Got you. It's me and him. It really had no Me and Caesar were the leaders because we raced the most. Mm-hmm. We used to drive for other people because we just had so much wheel. We used to build our cars six o'clock in the morning from scratch and be racing at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm. From like we were getting it in. Me and Caesar were monsters working together, and he taught him and Farrell taught me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, we're forgetting the V Raceworks part because mm-hmm. we eventually also ended up working with V Raceworks for a little bit. We mm. raced a lot for the Bronx. I don't want to. I don't want to cut them out. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to V Raceworks and building up their store. Okay, I gave it. Like, you know, brand awareness and because Jizz and Rob, dope people, good people, they weren't knowledgeable. They didn't know too much about what pistons, what rods, what head gasket, what head studs, what header, what clutch to use. I built that store up to have the name that it's just not looks. You can also get performance. Mm. So I branded that store to be a performance store. And eventually, uh, we had like a small falling out. I don't yeah. even remember. I've got so much race gas like that burned away my memory. But we had a small falling out. And it wasn't – it was still cordial. And then, it, it, yeah, we ended up going to Jersey City and opening up a shop with Farrell and Bembe and Caesar. It was four of us. We used to pay the rent. Yeah. Okay. So when you guys have this this final shop, it's said Jersey City? Yeah. Okay. You're at this shop. What is what is Aki's name on the street? Oh, I'm killing shit. I'm killing shit. I'm the best driver alive. At that time, I was taking no L's. I was um, I was racing. You know, t- my turbo car. We went down to North Carolina. We won a championship title down there with my turbo car. Um, the AK-47 was being, you know. The name was coming up for the AK-47. It had the world record for stock motor. Uh, we were racing Corvettes, BMW, Civics with the AK-47. Caesar had his coupe, and we had like this dynamic duel of the period and the AK-47. And um, and High Boost's name, High Boost's name could have been bigger than Keep Gunning. Yeah, it could have been the uh, the yeah. name was ringing on the streets here you know um that's how we were familiar with it from uh nice ones videos you know for people to be racing on the freeway is a very strange concept to people Mm -hmm. on the west coast you know Mm -hmm. we have so much places to race out here so it just didn't make any sense but going to new york it made sense i'm sorry to cut you off i want to touch on 
two seconds. That's funny that you say that because every state I visited during this little hiatus, right? Like hiatus I came back from these last three years. That's what everyone talked to me about. How did you guys lock the highway? Yeah. But it makes sense. You know, I've been since then, I've been to uh, New York and Jersey so many times. And it's just the way that you would come in would be from the back. So if you block it off, there's no way for the cops to get in. And it just makes sense. Yep. And it was just so cool. And I've still to this day, I still haven't seen a race. And I really, really want to go out one of these days. Yeah. When You all know, we had to come over here, watch a street race. Really? We had Dr. Charles. Uh-huh. Tony uh-huh. Shag Day. And Ben, uh, I forget his last name, but I follow him still. He does a lot of magazine stuff. Howard? Um, ben Howard. Yeah. Yeah. They came and watched me race. Really? It was the sickest shit, bro. You know we what? Raced them too. When your name, when I first knew who you were, it had to do with some kind of show that was going to happen with you... Mike G, somebody else, some kind of. Do you remember uh, something like Mike that? Mike G, Morgan. Yes, Morgan. Morgan. Motion. Yes. Uh, car. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A couple of other people. I got flown out to uh, California because we were going to do a reality show. Yes. And it yeah. almost happened. And guess who beat us out? Who's that? Street Outlaw. Oh, really? Street Outlaw beat our. Um, our concept out we met with the we met with the the network that's crazy do a lot of people know about that no not a lot of people know about that no we got beat out by street i would have been on street outlaws yeah i would have been street outlaws would have been us behind the world we we had a crazy concept it was a crazy uh it's too much to get into But but now trappy's doing it now Trappy's doing it. Trapp and Mackey, big shout out to Command, the Shop Houston man. They're, you know what? These GTRs ain't no punks, man. No, that shit was nasty, bro. And uh, I was just Mackey's- flipping through channels, and I just saw it. And I, I haven't watched Three Laws Outlaws forever. And I'm just, oh, let's just watch this. Me and my wife. And then I see like some keep gunning merch. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. that's what the hell? That's Aki's bread. I'm like, wait, that's Trap. What the <laughs> fuck? And then I DM'd him. And he's yeah. just laughing. Oh my god, I must I must have gotten tagged over 2000 times. Dude, look, you're on here. We also had a sticker on uh, a Netflix show too and I got that Oh my god. Uh what's that show on Netflix? Fastest Cars? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there was a gunner on there too. Really? And he had to keep running it. Yeah, I did see it. The guy from California. Yeah, real cool dude. Yeah, I met him in Vegas for the first time in, in my retirement race. It's crazy. And um he uh he he was so supportive. Yeah, dope man. Yeah. So yeah. let's get back to uh, to Jersey City racing mm-hmm. out there. You're mm-hmm. the man. Tell me about the best race, most memorable. Whether you won or lost, most memorable race that you had out at that time. Most memorable race didn't actually happen, but I'll never forget it. We're on the hutch, and it's my turbo car. I had a borrowed dog box transmission and a borrowed 26 inch slicks. Oh wow. We were we were going to race a guy named La Pinky and he had a stretched fully built motorcycle with nitrous. 
and he gave me five or seven cars up front. Oh shit! And the break. Whoa. And the break. Yeah. And the race was for twenty six thousand dollars a side, fifty two thousand dollar race. Fuck. Talk about pressure. Oh my god. A lot of pressure. Um. Do the burnout. Because remember, when you got the break, it's on you. Yeah. They ask the guy that's giving the break, is he ready first? And then they ask you, are you ready? And then you can go whenever you want because that's the break. That's the lead. That's what lets you leave first. Yeah. And they asked him if he was ready. He nodded his helmet. They asked me if I was ready. I said one time, yes. And I took off because I want to catch him sleeping. Yeah. I that five to seven car lead that he gave me i'm sorry i'm a little foggy in that i want that lead to be 10 cars yeah this is street racing this is a lot of money everybody's gonna take whatever advantage that they can get take off in first gear rip second rip third rip fourth i don't see him i'm damn near pissing my pants in the car i won i won we just won like fifty two thousand dollars we get to the meetup spot um and he's like, uh, you know, we argued for three hours. Never got paid. He said he wasn't. He said he never nodded. Oh, but the my flag, God. The flag man obviously has to point at me second to see if I'm ready. Because he already he already validated that he was ready. Yeah. So when he pointed at me, I'm like, okay, that means the motorcycle's ready. Now, okay, I'm ready. And I took off. Um, and that was the most memorable. Yeah. There's there's a few there's a lot there's a lot man there was one time Caesar's rim flew off during the race <laughs> Caesar gave a fucking Evo seven car lead in what in his turbo coupe Fuck. it's three in the morning we racing for a hundred and eighty dollars I'm so mad at Caesar I'm like dude this is our turbo car like the period this is this is our staple right now. What do you? What are we doing racing for 180? He goes, I don't give a fuck. I just want to drive. Put the fucking slicks on. I'm like, all right, we putting the slicks on. Putting the slicks on. Caesar brakes. Three lug nuts on the driver's side. I'm like Caesar. There's only one lug. He's. I don't give a fuck. We're gonna race. Caesar takes off, launches, third. No, I'm sorry. I apologize. There's so many races. He killed the Evo. Nothing happened in that race. Okay. We're racing a dude named Spanky. I apologize. Okay. We're racing a okay. dude named Spanky with a turbo H H to B. Caesar's lug nuts were fucked up. And sure enough, Caesar offered him a whole bunch of cars, launches, catches him in second, goes to click third. Caesar's rim flies into, into the bushes of the highway. <laughs> yeah. I went to go try to rescue and find a wheel, and there was something with these glowing eyes in the bushes, and I fucking shit my pants. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I ran across the highway. Caesar's like, yo, what happened? Caesar's crying. Like, I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. I can't believe you made me go in there. He's like, what? What did you say? Sun's in there fucking glowing, man. Sun's in there glowing. I should look right into my soul. Fuck your rim. Fuck you. I'm going home. I'll never forget. So, so at these times, what's the relationship like with all the guys that you're hanging out with? Oh, it was great. It was great. You know when things got bad with High Boost? When I went broke. When I went broke, um, you know, 
Let me tell you something. I'm going to be 100% honest. Caesar and Pharaoh don't like each other. Pharaoh always wanted the shine and the limelight. Pharaoh always wanted to be me or Caesar. Mm. And Caesar never liked Pharaoh because Pharaoh always had more money than him. So Caesar had to tolerate him because Caesar's trying to work in a place and make his own money. But where it got real sour at high boost is when we started selling parts and Farrell started buying parts from Tri-State and putting them on customers' cars. Hmm. And Farrell would not sell nothing new upstairs and he would make people reuse the old shit. So we're like, yo, Farrell, how are we supposed to survive if you've got the most clientele, but you won't help us sell a spark plug? Because you're saying the plug that you took out, you can wash and clean it and put it back in. Oh, like doing the customer a favor? Yeah. Gotcha. Not even, but not even ripping them off. You know that this customer needs a clutch. So you did two things. You either sold them a used one or you got it from Tri-State and put it. And we never got the sale. So how could we make money to keep the lights on? That's exact. Listen to me. Whenever I speak about this high boost situation, I have nothing to hide. I'm successful. I'm everywhere. I don't run. I've had the same cell phone number for 10 years, bro. I'm always alone in this garage. These people are literally 18 minutes away. Yeah. I'm, I've never had a filter when I speak about them. You know what I mean? But long story short, man, to be honest with you, whoever – I never really speak about Farrell this way because mm-hmm. he's irrelevant to me because he's like the biggest backstabber I've ever met. You know what I mean? So high boost went down because Farrell got greedy. And whether Caesar wants to fucking grab his dick and and show it to the world or not, he'll tell you the same thing. None of them like him, bro. They have to tolerate him because he had a lot of things. That's it. How did he have a lot of things? I don't know. I mean, I mean, he worked. He had a lot of clientele. You know, he did clean work. He was a smart mechanic, bro. Got you. He could be such a great dude. Yeah. Like this internet persona that he puts up, that's not him. Yo, Farrell, genuine Farrell, I would give my shirt off my back for him. But the clout chasing, fast guy, dick sucking, all this corny shit, trolling and meme Farrell, yeah. that's yeah. not you, bro. And if you watch this clip, Farrell, man, I done seen you plenty of times, bro. That's not you, man. You're a good person, bro. You're a good dude, man. Let this clout shit go, bro. Seriously, man. Let this shit go, bro. It's about time, man. You know, uh, especially for people who've had as many memories together as as you guys had, you know. Um, but that's why I want to talk about all of this stuff because uh, we're going to start getting into the, the muddy water a little bit. But I want to give people a backstory on everything. So yeah. it just just all makes sense, you know? Yeah. So you say yeah. that um, things went bad when you went broke. What happened with that situation? So we weren't making no money. So we were buying things and it wasn't moving. And mm-hmm. when it wasn't moving, we were selling it for damn near cost. Okay. We were buying radiators for $75. Mm-hmm. 
through California. And we would sell them for a hundred bucks. We get to make $25. You know how hard it is to make profit in this industry. You know it firsthand. Yeah. If yeah. one bolt costs you $7.50 and you sell it for $10, you got to make $2.50 profit. But that profit goes to overhead. Yeah. Handling. Employees. Whatever the case may be. The... When I left High Boost, I gave them a one-month notice mm -hmm. to customers, to Farrell, to Bemba, and to Caesar, to everyone else involved in High Boost. Guys, I'm leaving in a month. I can't do this no more. I don't have any more money. I have a child. He's four years old. I'm afraid of being broke, bro. I have to get out. I can't do this no more. It's costing me almost $500 a month just to get there. Remember, I've never lived in Jersey. Mm. I've always lived in Yonkers, New York. I paid gotcha. that toll every day. I paid the gas every day. I paid the toll to get off the exit. And I was telling them that the ratio of money coming in and money going out isn't, isn't worth I'm leaving in a month. They all agreed. No problem, bro. We understand. We understand. The last day of the month came. I said, today's my last day, guys. Um, Farrell, can you help me? I bought a I bought a hoopty ass Integra, bro. Blown blown head gasket just to get around, man. I had hundred and forty dollars in my this is this is this is on my children's lives. If I I may I never see them if I'm lying. I had $140 in my pocket and I said, this is what I'm leaving with. Whoever I owed money to, I have their phone number and I promise you I will pay them back. I owed four people money, Frank. I paid all of them back within two years. So I left High Boost. Yeah. So you leave High Boost, everything is cool. Everybody's cool with you or is there there's some last, sort of animosity? Everybody is cool with me. The last person to help me was Farrell. Gotcha. He helped me change the water pump and put the Integra back on timing, hugged me, told me he loved me, and I can keep my race car there, the AK-47. I can keep it there as long as I, as long as I want. As soon as I left, he went upstairs and started buying and selling parts. Because the shop was divided into four people. Me, Bembe, Farrell, and Caesar. Okay. Caesar and Farrell did the technician stuff. I can't put a car on the lift and do a clutch job. Because now I'm stepping on Farrell and Caesar's toes. They can't go upstairs and buy 10 radiators and sell them. That's mine and Bembe's money. Mm. That's how we pay our portion of the rent. That's how we make profit to survive. Huh. The day that I left, a couple of weeks later, he moved upstairs and became Bembe's partner. So now he's slinging parts upstairs and installing them downstairs. Got you. Caesar, if you fucking know, then you know. He was coming downstairs, s selling the parts and installing them. I didn't care. I'm out of there. Yeah. The four people I owed money to... Whether they want to be men or not and admit that I paid them, they can admit that I paid them. But I move around the country, Frank. I don't move around just Yonkers. I'm in Florida. I'm in Maryland. I'm in Jersey. I'm in Connecticut. I'm in New Hampshire. 
I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in Vegas. I'm in Texas. I'm in California. I move around the country. Do you think a person that owes people a lot of money and robbed people would move around the way I am? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't. I have a limited corporation. I have a website. I have a YouTube page. I have an Instagram. I go live every morning. For a person that's a scammer and a piece of shit, I don't think you would want to be broadcasted to the world like that, right or wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely dig into that. My, my curiosity is that gap of time that you left. So you had to leave because you didn't have any more money. It wasn't a smart decision to be going to Jersey anymore. You uh, go back to Yonkers and, and then what happens for the next few years? It was the best time of my life. It was the best time of my life. Um, I started working as a basically a cab driver, but I wasn't really a cab driver. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to t tune it up a little bit, shine it up. I wasn't doing like five, ten dollar rides. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just I found a different hustle. So I was doing hundred dollar rides. So I would take people in that Integra. I told you fix the water pump. I would take people to the airport. Got you. Okay. And then at the airport, I would pick someone up and bring them back. And I was making $200 a trip. And I got my money up. And, and then eventually I linked up with the people that I grew up with on that neighborhood that I was talking to you about. I, I went back and hung out with them and they accepted me in and, and that's it. Life, life got great. You know, my son had everything he wanted. Uh, I was making good money. I was paying off the people slowly that I owed money. And I was going, I was just traveling, man. I was going to California a lot. Uh, I was visiting Brandon from uh, Skunk. He used to do the photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, Shout out to uh, Brandon. Oh, his, his wife. Um, oh, my God. I love them so much. He's a great dude. Stuff. I love Brandon. Man. I, lo I love, I will, I will, I will, I will, I'll slip my throat for Brandon. Um, I love him that much because he, at a moment where I was down, that guy saved my life with a few words and a few gestures. He made me my first Hawaiian burger in his patio. It was incredible, bro. I'll never forget him. Anyway, um, yeah, life was going great. Got into sports a lot. Got into fantasy football. Started going to games. Doing normal things without racing. And then every now and then I'll be with my friends We'll be at a bar and then someone that remembers me from a YouTube video would like ask me for an autograph. And my friends would look at me and be like, yo, bro, what the fuck were you doing while you were gone? I'm like, yo, yeah, I was like, I was like a street racing dude. They're like, word. And then now, like now, now, 2020, they can't believe it. So you go back to Yonkers, start hanging out with the, the older guys. Was this, was Vicky a part of that group? When you went to go hang, yeah. hang out? Yeah, absolutely. Vicky was a part of that group. I knew him since elementary school. And Vicky used to come to High Boost a lot, too. Vicky was still around me while I was street racing. Got you. And um, But Vicky wasn't a part of like the dudes I grew up with. But eventually, we all mashed together when I quit racing. Got you. you know I mean? Yeah, because Vicky was still like into the Honda scene, and I was just helping him with his car. Got gotcha. you. Know? How were yeah. you able to dead the passion for racing so quick? 
Bro, when, I mean, when you've, when I got a lot of personal problems that I don't really would never really share, but like when you got a crazy baby moms, like crazy, when you've got a child and then you're reminded of that you got a child and you're not doing much for them, mm. it really takes its toll on you mentally. So I knew that I was like, man, I'm over here. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm in a fucking parking lot trying to lock in a thousand dollar race this is not going to happen these dudes just want to say that they met me basically and i could be with my child you know yeah. what i mean and that's when like it snapped and then oh i got a gun pointed at me i got a this is the last time i went street racing we're street racing we're one away from the cops i cut a kid off i bounce i pull into the parking lot he's upset and I go, get the fuck out the car. Let's just fight. What are you upset about? We're running from the cops. It's every man for themselves, bro. He goes, no, I don't fight. And pulls a fucking 38 special right to the tip of my nose. So I put my hands up. I'm like, yo, bro, you know I ain't got a gun, man. Put the gun down. We can handle this like men. I don't fight. I shoot guns. And and that's the last time I went to a street race, bro. I'm like, yo, this is corny, my man. Yeah. Like who are you? Like you're about to take my, like I'm possibly not going to see my child ever again because I cut you off while we're at an illegal street race eluding the police. Are you kidding me, bro? And did, nothing even happened. Did you grow up with a lot of shit like that? Like people people Vi taking taking violence, taking things too seriously, escalating it. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in 1 minute. We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at, but when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit HeelToeAuto.com. Since 2002, Heeltoe has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002, it's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Heeltoe's professionalism. Hilltoe even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HeeltoeAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Hilltoe Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, hats, lighters. Damn, we got it all. We, we actually have too much, guys. So if you can, please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at Instagram at Downstar. Make sure you give us a follow. Now, back to the show. Yeah, man, you know what it is, bro. Growing up in Yonkers, New York, man, you got it. It's, it's kill or be killed, bro. It's like that everywhere in the world. But in Yonkers especially, as soon as they see a sign of weakness, they're, they're vultures, bro. Yeah. Because that's the world that we live in. That's why these dudes play with me online sometimes because they think since I'm such a positive trying to be a positive person and donating money and giving away things and signing pictures and signing autographs and taking pictures, they play it like it's sweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what they don't know is you, you can never take the street out of someone, bro. And the flick of a fucking... 
you know, in the snap of a finger, that mentality can can come right back. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like nobody playing with me because I'm gonna go all the way. That's you're not go yeah, all the way. I, I feel you on that, dude. And um, what I've come to realize is having that mentality is makes you feel like you're strong but it's actually a weakness that can be exposed by other people you know 100%. you know what i mean if there's somebody that i know and i know if i say this one thing it's going to get them out of their character i have the control now i have my finger on the button whenever i whenever i want to you know whenever i want to fuck with this person's day all i got to say you are 100% right yeah, and, and because in Yonkers, you want to get killed, you want to get a shot in the face, you want to get stabbed in the throat. Come to Yonkers and tell someone to suck your dick. They, they don't. They could be the weakest person on the block. Yeah. But but you're right. It just takes that trigger, that trigger word or that trigger statement to activate that negative mentality. And I still fight with that, bro. Yeah. I still yeah. fight with that. I know I got children. I have four-year-old children that look up to me. I have 50-year-old men that look up to me, bro. I, I'm looked at to these people as somewhat of a hero. But I can't shake that shit out of my head. I can't allow people to talk the way that they think they can talk. Yeah. Especially when I'm trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean, Frank? No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And that's part of reaching greatness. You're, you're going to have to deal with these problems and these these emotions and these inner feelings to reach the next level of your full potential because those are the test. Who, If you want to say God, higher power, whatever is looking down on you, and they're going to give you these sort of tests to see if you're in that in that mindset to get to the next level. You know what I mean? And that's how I that's how I feel, dude. And and I've actually went through the motions and seen it. And bro, as as positive as I am, as much good that I want to put out there, I'm literally battling inside of myself. I have yeah. to hold I have like a beast inside of me and I have to hold that beast back because if I do if I don't, that's going to trick me out of my situation. I seen you at that point. I seen you lose your positivity, drop everything, boat boys, downstar, family. I seen you go to that point with Sawspot. I seen it. I seen the pain in your eyes from the betrayal, bro. I see I watched your mannerisms. Yeah. That shit right there still haunts you, bro. Still haunts you. Yeah, it's just all of that. Anything, that situation, any situation, it's still, I still feel a certain way about it. Even shit that I've happened when I was a kid. I wish I could go back and do this. I wish, but that, all of that is just feeding negative energy that that energy can't be, it, it can't be changed into something positive. So it takes it on me by myself to be able to be stronger than those, those primal urges that we have because the feelings that we have, the way that we react to things, those are those are primal urges inside of our DNA, which no matter 
what you do, it's hard to get that out of yourself. You know, just just think of guys like think of a guy like Jay-Z, right? Somebody that comes from the hood, drug dealing or whatever. Now he's he's one of the most prominent um celebrities out there, not even rappers. He's an icon. He's an icon. I- icon. He had to check himself inside of himself so he can get out of that street mentality to allow him to reach these levels that he never thought that he was going to reach. But I guarantee inside of him, he still has that same kind of feeling, you know, but he's, he's been like, able to, to overpower. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, you know what it is though, brother? It's just, it's a simple word, human. Yeah. And that's where so, a lot of these situations that we're going to go over pretty soon. Uh, those are, those are really human emotions and yeah, uh, yeah. we'll get into it. Um, but I want to get to the point where you decided that coming back to racing was something that you wanted to do. What what even sparked that idea? Coming back to racing was the craziest thing in the world. I told you I went back to my old childhood friends and um, I forgot to mention. You see, there's a whole bunch of holes that we didn't even touch on. Yeah, please like, do. If you feel they're they're significant, yeah, please do. Yeah, so remember when I told you guys, well, when I said earlier that I hugged Farrell. Yeah. I said, yo, thank you for everything. I appreciate you. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to come back every other week and talk and chop it up and hang out. And yeah, I go street racing. I'm going to help out. And he said, I can keep my car there. They sold my car. How long after? They sold my car three months after I retired. Hmm. I had no money. Mm-hmm. I, the ball wasn't in my court to find the new buyer and be, or go over there and flip out. I told him, yo, man, you guys really fucking sold my car? Yeah, bro, we had to get rid of it, man. You owe a lot of people money. They're coming over here. I'm like, who? Who do I owe money to? I am in contact with them. Yeah. Oh, then if it wasn't you, then it must have been Bemba. It must have been him. I'm like, yo, bro, that got nothing to do with me, bro. You said I can keep my car. I'm coming to pick it up. They're like, yo, we sold it. Whatever, they sold the car. I got the ball's not in my court. I don't have no capital. I don't have I don't my dick is small. I can't do shit. I go, I move on with my life. Five years after they sell my car, we're sitting in a basement in Jersey, ironically, at my friend's brand new home that he just purchased, and we're watching football. Okay. And I get a phone call because I never changed my cell number. Because I never wanted to, I haven't even moved from my address. So when people say that they're looking for me, I've got the same cell number, the 201 number. You know what I'm saying? The Jersey number. Because I rep Jersey like I live there. I get a phone call saying, yo, you want to buy your old car back? I'm like, what? You're crazy. They selling it back? I got money now, Frank. I've been saving up. I'm not buying $500, $600 pistons, $500 slicks, $5,000 transmissions. I've been saving my money and enjoying myself, fucking drinking booze, watching football, chicken wings, fun. (laughs) But it's not as expensive as this hobby that me and you enjoy. So um, I get a phone call. like, yo, you want to buy the car back? This kid got it, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, I got to talk to my friends. He's like, what? Like, yeah, I got to make sure this is a good idea for me. Yeah. I go inside the 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 man cave where we were watching football, 
And they go, yo, guys, um, I got to ask you a question. Um, you remember how I told you guys I used to, like, race a lot and stuff? They're like, yeah, yeah, we remember. I was like, yo, I could buy my old car back, you know, because I would share the stories with them because I missed race. Yo, guys, I was that I was that dude, man, I'm telling you. They're like, yeah, all right, whatever. I, yo, I'm telling you, this was my car. It was the AK-47. Yo, I'm telling you, yo, I got mad videos on YouTube. You should check it out. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever, bro. What time's the fucking game? I want to get blasted. They didn't care about cars. Coming to the basement. I go, guys, I could buy my old car back, man. Uh, I really missed that car. I got some money. I think I can. I think I could do some crazy stuff with it. I missed that car so much. Yeah. I missed AK. Like, yo, bro, follow your heart, man. Just follow your heart. And in September 2017, I bought my old car back. And that's how I got reintroduced to racing. September 17th. September 17th, okay, yeah. Um, got, yeah, got the shell back. Um, I made an Instagram post because I just got Instagram like maybe four or five months before I got my car back. Uh -huh. So some people remembered me. They're like, I had like 700 followers. It's like, yo, Ak, we remember you. You used to drive the coupe, the AK, high boost. I'm like, yeah, bro, I don't race no more. Yo, Good seeing you, man. Yeah. And they're like just watching me at like football games and dinners and my children and, you know, my, my, well, my son at the time. And um, they're not really interested, right? So I make the video. Now, Yo. who was the one that made the video? Because I remember that's the first thing that I remember. I was like, oh, shit, this dude's coming back. I made a selfie video. Okay. On Instagram saying... Y'all took my car, y'all sold it, but guess who just got it back? And then I show the car on the dolly. Gosh. Shell. And then Ty Boogie. That's right, Ty Boogie. Reaches out, reaches out to me, goes, yo, Ak, you coming back? I'm like, yeah, bro. Gotcha. Yo, I'm going to come. Yo, let, let me get that exclusive. I'm like, yeah, pull up. And we introduced me back into the into the shit. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. And we introduced me back into the racing world. What's so funny about that Ty Boogie video from September 2017, I have the same mannerisms, I have the same energy, and I have the same agenda. Look out for the underdogs. When people watch that video now and then come over here, they're like, yo, bro, you didn't change. You kept your word. You said you were going to save all motor. You said you were going to change racing. You did all of that. You know what I mean? So when this first video came out, you must have already been keeping an eye on the community still for you to know that there would be any issues in all motor and, um, you know, how the racers uh, would treat their their fans and things like that. How did you want, to be, you want to be honest with you? Please. We were negotiating the price for my old shell back. Okay. So it took about two weeks because the kid that owned the car was just never home. He was always on the road. And it took about two weeks to get the car. That's all the knowledge I needed to know what was happening within two weeks. Mm. So when you decided, when you got the call, you're just, oh, let me let me see what's good. Let me check up on the old guys or whatever. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Two weeks. And then and then I just kept seeing everyone say, your racing is dead. Gotcha. All motors. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Ty Boogie video, September 17. Let's go back to when they sold your car. 
How were you feeling about the high boost guys after they sold your car? I didn't need to talk to them no more. So you were done with them? Yeah, I wasn't talking to them no more, and I didn't speak to them for five years. Okay. What do we got to okay. talk about? Gotcha. We got nothing to talk about. I don't race no more. You guys race, and you sold my fucking shell. That's the God honest truth. Got you. Okay. And, um, man, if Caesar would ever want to come on and talk, you know, I would want to have him on because, uh, you know, I, I would be interested to hear his opinion, not only on, on this stuff, but about, you know, racing from back in the day and, and, and his part in it. So I'm just going to put that out there. Um, yeah, I hope Caesar does come on. I hope he fucking finally mans up and tells the fucking truth, honestly. Because, man, that high boost shit is washed, bro. High boost dudes buy keep gunning stuff now. That shit is washed. Ever since me and ever since I left, that shit went washed. They stopped paying at street races. They started drama. People were fighting. Come on, man. Mm. Hell no, bro. It wasn't even no about no finesse and driving and skill and man, that shit is washed. So high boost washed. So can you admit that when you came back September seventeen that you had a chip on your shoulder and you had an agenda? When I came back, I act like when I came back, I swear on everything I love. When I came back, I was repping high boost. I let bygones be bygones. I went to high boost when I came back in 2017. I went to the track with Farrell, helped him with his car. I, that's when he was tuning with CLM. I went uh, and helped Caesar with his hatch at ACO. They both blew up that day. I went there numerous times after coming back and I had my show. Hmm. And they're like, yo, what's your game plan? What's your game plan? I'm like, yo, I got it, bro. I got it. I got this whole thing written in my head. I got it. And then they were like, yo, you can't you you can't put a high boost banner on your car. I'm like, what? I created high boost. Hmm. I spent nights in jail for high boost, getting caught street racing. What do you mean I'm not high boost? And Caesar told me the most foul shit he ever told me. He's like, yo, bro, this is a family. You got to get voted in. I said, I said, yo, C's, watch this. Fuck. Keep gunning. Keep gunning. Make six figures a year by myself. Yeah. Me, Manny, Desiree have nothing to do with cars. Those three people. When it comes to the business part, yeah, we've been six figures a year. Good for you. We've man. got five thousand four hundred plus customers, bro. That's five thousand four hundred plus gunners. I've got the biggest. You know why I'm talking like this? Because I'm hurt, bro. I got the biggest fucking movement in racing. These people are loyal. These people support everyone I support. I fucking increase the numbers to every sticker, every company that helps on any vehicle that I do. You want to talk about marketing? You want to talk about brand awareness? Whoever the greatest is, I'm right there with them. I got offered $130,000 a year to do the marketing for Sands Rods. Hmm. I said no. Hmm. 
They wanted me to relocate to Miami and take full control of the company. They just wanted to make the rods and they wanted me to sell them. I said, no, I make more money than that. And I'm having fun. Yeah. So when they told me I couldn't put the high boost banner, I couldn't hashtag high boost no more. If you're watching right now, anyone, and you want to check if I'm lying, I've never deleted my Instagram post. Go back to 2017 and start scrolling and scrolling up and up and up. And then you will just see I just stop hashtagging high boost. Why did that combo even come up? Because Farrell said on live, Aki's not high boost. Mind you, I was just with you. I speak to you. Hmm. I was trying to help you actually get customers to work on their cars because I was building a car here. Like general mecha general mechanics. Yeah. Like people that just wanted like, you know, maybe like a tune-up. Because he's good at that. And I was trying to bring him customers. And because now I'm back into the into the car scene. Yeah. And then, I don't know, man. It's just like the trolling started to happen a lot at that time. You know what I mean? The trolling began. and I'm trying you know, to, to pinpoint the first time that I noticed that there was an issue. Because when you posted that Thai Boogie video, I remembered you from back in the day. And I hit you up. I shot you a DM. Yo, what's up? And I still had your phone. And it was High yeah. Boost Aki. I still had your phone number from back in the day. Yeah. Because we yeah, had exchanged same. numbers for, I don't even know how we came in contact. But Did we meet in San Diego? No, Did you I've never been to you? San Diego. But it could have been something that Brandon put together. Maybe we spoke. Yeah, yeah, maybe something, something. Yeah. But I remember, and I didn't know much people from the East Coast. So I remember that I was talking to you. That's why that memory sticks in my head about you guys doing that show. I think I got your number English Town H day uh -huh. the first time you came here. It was around the time of the All Motor Shootout, 2006. No, no. When I my first H day was 2012. That was my first H day. I retired 2012. Got you. Yeah, I retired. Either yeah, way, I, I had your number. Yeah, I thought I met you at the All Motor Shootout. Remember that All Motor Shootout where Jerry Built came to English yeah. Town, and they made the shirt with all the sponsors on it. Yeah, but I wasn't there though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. So, I sworn I so either way, I I knew who you were already. I already had your number, and then I hit you up. Yo, what's up, bro? It's good to see you back. Coming back. If you need anything for the build, let me know. And then uh, that's where our relationship started at. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Now yeah. what we had we had yeah, you know what's funny? When I posted your motor mount uh hardware the other day, peop uh one person hit me up, no names needed mm -hmm. to be mentioned, and said, Yo, you and you and Frank cool? I said, We always been cool. We had a small falling out, but we took care of it on the phone. Yeah, it wasn't in an afternoon. Yeah. It was like you want to talk about that? Yeah, no, we could definitely get into that. Um, so I, yeah. just before we get lost in the story, that's when I came um, came to know that you were back in the game from the Thai Boogie video that, that was September 2017. Because so much shit happened in such a short amount of time. And it probably feels like we haven't even dove into anything yet. But what that ended up happening is 
that you started uh that the year of 2017 you were using downstar and then you decided to switch um to another sponsor who was a competitor and when i mm -hmm. seen that was that 2018 2018 yeah, yeah. So, so this you was me, yeah you helped me with the build in 17 i ended up going to california racing in bakersfield you hung out with us in the pits downstar the following year, I was approached by MC Slick, and he said that the competitor—I yeah. don't want to say the name—the uh, competitor is offering you their bolts yeah. and uh, some money. Yeah. And then I, and then I, and then I think he was like, "Yeah, BB, I don't give money. You know, I help out whenever I can or something." And then I told you, I was like, "Yeah, Frank, I'm getting three grand for this." Yeah. The, and then you were like, "Yeah, I wish you the best." At that time, when all of that shit happened, we had already had a history from other yeah. things online things so it was just so much stuff that was happening and then i see this and then i was just i just happened to be on the live and i see it and i'm catching things you know when you already have a certain feeling yeah yeah yeah. you yeah, see yeah. something and you're like that's a shot that's a yeah. shot so i went on yeah. live i said yo you want to go on live let's take shots jump on and we'll do this right here and then we uh, use like just call me we ended up having a facetime and i remember because yeah. vicky was right there and yeah. um and you were you were yelling i was yelling but that's all i had to take a couple minutes of yelling yeah. come for where i'm coming from look frank yeah. i'm getting a check over here yeah. i wasn't going to give you a check because i don't give anybody a check because i learned yeah. that people are ungrateful when you give them a check so i don't give people I know checks about your past checks yeah, so so we just okay that's all good dog you know i i wish them the best you know because my mentality has changed over time you know if if a company if they're able to sell products use that money to feed their family to make their parents proud my son has his own business i'm in their same shoes now however you decide to do it if i agree that that's that's a respectful way to do it or not that doesn't matter because respect comes second in business from what we have all seen that's not most Absolutely. people's is that's 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 not most most people's agenda is to um is to be honorable in business so i say all right do whatever you guys are gonna do that's all good me and you had the combo that's it and the reason that why i wanted to talk about this is because i was at that point i was heated i was like let's fucking let's do this right here let's jump in the mud but i'm really glad that we didn't we did that on on facetime had that combo and yeah that was it from there you know why? It's because we had a personal relationship, too. So why broadcast our anger in front of people? Definitely. That's why with some of the people I got beef with, they all have my number. I text them. Yo, what's up? Why, why are you hating? Yeah. Same thing with Farrell. FaceTimed them, called them, text them. Yo, bro, why are you hating on me right now, bro? Handle it like a man. What's up? What's your problem, bro? Yeah. Nobody picks up their phone, bro. Nobody picks up their phone, man. I'm telling you. I'm making a shirt in July. I promise you. <laughs> it's going to say, y'all pussy, and in the back, keep gunning. I'm going to have everybody wearing it at the track. I promise you, Frank. Because the shit is it, it's getting unreal, man. It's getting unbearable, bro. Well, hopefully this convo, man, will give people some some context to everything, and then they could put two and two together if they want, you know. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, you know. This is a conversation. Listen, I don't want to listen. The touchy subject is Farrell and High Boost. I'll leave you guys with this. 
If you guys are smart enough, do your research. Farrell's an attention whore. Farrell's a mutt. You hear me? I won't ever take away any credit from him for what he taught me, but he's always been a clout racer, always been a clout chaser. Watch every video that he's in. He's always in front of the camera. He wants to make it about himself. High boost, I got nothing to do with them. I'm going to make high boost uh, members into gunners. I already recruited almost three in Florida. That's it. There is no high boost. There's no high boost without Aki. Y'all could try to hold that chain together. It ain't no keep gunning. It ain't no fucking keep gunning. So back in 2017, September 2017, when you come back, the video comes out. What is the response that you're getting from people? They love it. They love it. Yo, we missed you. Where's the coop? Where's the, you know, they, they, remember, they, they remember the coop from Legendary Races on YouTube. I got over 10 million views on YouTube, bro, of street races. Yeah. Yeah. They remember me. Where's the coop? Take my money, don't steal it. 277 horsepower. I made a shirt that sold out in three minutes with the quotes from one video. I put it on the back bottom of a shirt. Yeah. Do I have it on right now? I don't even have it on right now. Um, It's called the Quotes Tee. It's sold out in three minutes, Frank. That's dope, man. People love me. I love them. I invest into them. Didn't me and you just help donate money? Yeah. How much money did we donate, Frank? What was it, like 4000 It was like oh, almost, yeah, it was $4,000. We gave to people in COVID um, uh, relief. Yeah, no, you definitely did do that. We did that. Me, you, gunners, everyone involved. We put $2, Frank, right? You sent way more, and I appreciate you for that. Um, but the reason I wanted to make it $2 was to make everyone feel equal. Guys, you come up with $2 amongst you, I'm going to match it. I matched the $2,000 that you and Gunners came up with. We made it $4,000. We sent 10 separate families $400 each. People were crying, Frank. Yeah. How good do you think that $2 felt to send? No, I, how I good, feel you, dude. And How good did your money feel, Frank, when you sent it? You know, I, I just like to be part of things that people are, are trying to give back. You know, I, I don't really need to get the recognition or anything like that. I didn't post about it or nothing. You know, I didn't even tell you about it. I just did it because uh, anytime that somebody's trying to do something good, they're trying to hustle, they're, they're trying to do something, I always try to help out where I can because there's been so many times when I tried to do something and the people that I expected to be there, they weren't there. And, you know, I mean, I still feel that to this day with this podcast. It's a grind. But did you feel good about donating that money? Oh, yeah, dude. You know, it's just yeah. anytime that I can give back to somebody and help out, that does way more than me making money. Absolutely. You know, because it's... I'm all about giving than receiving, Pause. I'm all about that, man. That's why I build some of these badass cars, bro. I'm building cars that look better than sponsored race cars yeah. that are fast. There's no cheap parts in them, and we give them away. I just gave away a right-hand drive, all-wheel drive, K-Series turbo hatchback. We gave it away. Dude, if that party it, didn't get shut down, that shit was going to be lit. 
It was going to be legendary. And when we do Kobe, hopefully this COVID thing is the pandemic's over. We're going to have the biggest race barbecue ever seen. Hell yeah, dude. I hope everyone can make it. So, but let's back so back to 2000, 2017, uh, everybody. Hey, Aki, nice to see you. When did you notice any negativity? Fuck a racer. Okay. When I made the video, fuck a racer. Okay, let's talk about that. I made, I made the video, fuck a racer, because I was getting messages from people that were idolizing mutts mm -hmm. yo Aki this is unbelievable bro this guy won't even shake my hand I can't even look at his car they don't want me but next to their car I look up to this guy I look up to this guy I want to be like this guy this guy he kicked me out of his pits they put a rope around the car they don't want to take pictures I asked I asked them to sign this for my daughter they kick me out hmm I said all right I collected all of the information Put out fuck a racer and spoke about it. Gotcha. And when and when that happened, the response on my side overpowered against my side by 50. Because people were like, finally, mm -hmm. someone is speaking up for the underdogs. This guy's not lying. This guy, he's not lying. This happened to me at this track. This happened to me at this event. This happened to me at this meet. You're right. Fuck a racer is real. It's still happening. But what they don't understand, Frank, because they're so stupid, some of these racers, I was giving you the gems to change your ways and become successful. Yeah. But you looked at it like I was attacking you. I was trying to tell you to change. People idolize you guys. People look up to you guys. There's kids that have pictures of your cars in their rooms. Now they're gunners. Are you sure this was in 2016? What? When you got the car and when you released the video? No, I've been back into racing. Uh, yeah, 2016. Yeah, because 2017 H-Day Summer E-Town. That yeah. That's the weekend that we ended up doing the first Huffy Talk. It was 2017... The summer 2017, because... Wait a second. What do you... Wait a second. Um, Huffy Talk was 2018. Yeah, 17, I was racing. Mm -hmm. Let's let's look it up. Um, what should I look up? Tie Boogie. Uh, well... Yeah, just look up that. Just look up whatever, Aki, Tie Boogie. Whenever that video came out. Three years ago. Okay. Where's Aki been? The return of Aki. Thank you, Team 7-Eleven. Sorry. The date is right here. Oh, September 29th, 2016. 16. Okay, that makes much much more so, sense. So from... Yeah, 16, that video came September out. September 2016 to August 2017. That's mm -hmm. when we did the Huffy Talk. So for that, mm -hmm. whatever, nine months... 12, 11 months or whatever it was, you came back into racing and you start stirring shit up. Yeah. So I I, uh, I vowed that I would save the all-motor class, mm -hmm. and we did that. Mm -hmm. We got people off of their ass, whether it was through malice or it was through 
you know, just being genuine, but they built these cars. When I came back, there was only four cars in all motor. These were these elite fuckboys and um, that got free parts and didn't have to worry about breaking nothing. Um, all motors like at 26, 28 cars now. Yeah. Yeah, full field. Two classes now. And it's moving quick too, right? And What's the top speed right now? Uh, Well... 870-something Chapoline. Got you. All motor. Got you. All motor. Got you. 870s, all motor cars are going now. You know... I went eight nights in my retirement. Yeah. Big shout Three out to uh, Chapoline and uh, that that whole team over there, man. Um, they, they really took a, a chance with us, and all of those fastest, world's fastest cars are bolted up with Downstar, dude, and that's, that's a huge accomplishment for me to say, bro, because... That's fine. Yeah, for that's great to have under your resume. Definitely, man. So if you look at any of those cars right now, the the La Violenta, how do you say it? Yeah, that one. Uh, La Venta. Yeah, something like. Yeah, that has a Downstar sticker right on the hood, bro. And when I seen that, I'm just like, dude, that's fucking sick, you know? That's dope. Yeah, big shout out to Chapoline. Shout out to Florida, man. Shout out to all the gunners in Florida. Shout out to all the people that support Downstar in Florida yeah, too. Hell yeah, I got a lot of love, man. So. 2017, I believe it was still Atco, or if it was English Town, you brought the car to Tri-State, and it was under the under like the tent. English Town. Okay, so they were done with Atco. It was English Town for the first of the three H days. Yeah, it was the last one too. No, this one was the first time you brought it out, right? Yeah, but I think that I think no more H day at that event at that track. Okay. I think English closed. But yeah, uh, reviewed the car. Funny story about that. People made fun of me for for bringing the car out. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, how are you going to bring a race car out and not race it?" I was like, "Hey, I'm just showing progression. I'm, everyone's keeping up with the build. I just wanted to bring it out here and show it. And hey, by the way, I got I got a dope ass shirt for sale. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, made, yeah. I made, I made nine thousand dollars that weekend. Really? That was that your first um, ever merch drop? My first drop. Got you. No, my first drop. My first drop was online. We kept it limited. Got you. Got you. We only did a hundred. We did a hundred white and a hundred black. But that shirt, because at English Town at at, at uh, official H Day, you can only sell one piece of merchandise. Got you. If you're in the racers or yeah, yeah. If you're in the racing, pick whatever. Got you. But I got to I got to make like you know what I'm lying. It was like eighty three, eighty five hundred dollars that weekend in merchandise. People supported it. People have pictures of that day still and memo and you know, they send them as memories, but I just laugh when people always try to go against me, bro. I, I just laugh because you guys have no clue. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. You sweated your ass for two fucking days. You didn't win the event. You broke nine fucking different things, and I was over here with my sunglasses on, signing autographs, and I walked out with eight grand. So who won? No. You want bragging rights online? Go ahead with your bragging rights. Go ahead. So, but fuck a racer. Fuck a racer took it to another level. So, yeah. who are some of the? Um, I don't even want to really talk about any names, but when did you start to notice that? this whole fuck a racer thing was was turning negative or was was stirring up a lot of negativity was it right out the gate 
Uh, people started attacking me online, which 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 um, is expected. Yeah, because they don't they don't want to be called out. Yeah, you had guys like Fast Guy act all tough with some other dude in the video, like I was supposed to be shook. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, you had another couple of people. Oh, he disrespects racers. He doesn't respect the sport. This, this, and that. I'm like, no. What you need to respect is the people that are paying for this sport to stay alive. Yeah. The customers, the supporters. You need to respect them before everyone else. They're keeping the lights on at these businesses. They're keeping the doors open for AEM, for Downstar, for Keep Gunning. They're keeping the doors open. Yeah. The people you neglect are the people that I took, made strong, made them into gunners. You know what? A lot of money came with that. A lot of money came with that. But you know what else came with that? A lot of giving back. Sponsoring gunners. Underdogs that never thought they had a shot at being sponsored. Free parts, giveaways, money, and drops. I would put money inside hats. $100 signed. $50 signed. $20 signed. Did I make a lot of money? Hell fucking yeah. Am I making a lot of money? Hell fucking yeah. I haven't changed. I wear the same raggedy clothes every week. I YouTube every week. I'm in the same garage every week. And I give back the same way. So Nothing changed. So summer 2017. I want to get to that. But... uh. I have to know who who's your marketing influence. No one. There's there's nobody that you look to. No one. I made a mistake and said something about some other people in the racing industry, but no. The the way that I've been seeing it, after Lefty. Yeah. No, after. Okay, Scarlet sold out in four minutes. After Oren, when I gave away Oren the Integra that we built. I realized I'm the greatest in marketing ever. I mean, not ever, in ever. our not in our community. I mean, what what was your influences from the outside when Supreme got you? Supreme, Bathing Ape, um, Supreme and Bathing Ape, because their shit is limited, and it's hey, did you get it? It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, you can have a billion dollars. You didn't get that Louis V Supreme print. Go buy it in resale. You see this hoodie I'm wearing right now? I bought this back from a gunner for $100. Oh, shit. His name is Team Loaded on Instagram. His real name is Daho. I sent him $100 for this Wyoming-inspired Kanye concept. Yeah. $100 is what I paid for this. So when it comes to marketing, I can take some of Supreme's, but I... I I just completely alter it. Got you. Completely alter it. Okay. So yeah. come 2017, um, summer H day, we have it planned that we're going to do this Huffy Talk. First ever <laughs> on location Huffy Talk. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of controversy uh, surrounding this because at that time, Huffy Talk was an amazing platform. Um, if people. It was brilliant. 
if people don't know what Huffy Talk is, basically we started an Instagram and this Instagram, I would give the uh, login info to somebody and okay, okay, you're going to go on at six o'clock. All right, everybody. So-and-so is going to go on at six o'clock. Make sure you're ready. Okay, cool. Six o'clock no, comes on. Don't say, don't say so-and-so. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm very sorry. Tell them the kind of people you were putting on that platform. Um... They were influencers. Yeah, yeah, influencers. Influencers. No, don't say names. Don't say names. I'm just saying. Yeah, in our community. I'll I'll say some names. Uh, You know, Big Mike was the first one. We had Ryan from Rywire on there. It even got to the point we had um, um, Papadakis was on there. Yes. Uh, Ron Bergenholtz was on there. Um, You know, Joey Lee, Sticky Deal Joe, he was on there. Yeah. Dude, we had a lot of people on there. You know, we had Fast Guy on there. We had Farrell on there. We had Sawspot on there. Uh, Raul from Checkered Sports. Pretty much anybody who was a, a big name in the community, they were on Huffy Talk or in line to be on Huffy Talk. So I'm just painting this, the picture for the story, right? Getting up to the point where it was the summer of 2017. We're gonna do Huffy Talk at your at at the garage right there where you're at right now. Um, the the few before that, and this this didn't even click in my head. It didn't click in my head to change the password every single time <laughs> because I had trust in everybody. All these guys are cool. They're all my homies. I have all their numbers. It's all good. They're men. These all these dudes here are grown ass men. Some of them with businesses. Some of them they've been around since the early nineties. It's all good, right? So, before years, it was um, Farrell, Norris, the guy who drove that um, speed factory car, the white boy. Cole. 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 And then I forget who else it was, but this other person, yeah. it was somebody who didn't, who wasn't even into racing. So it didn't yeah. even, so those three names, and it turned out that those three names really didn't like you much. Nope. So these three guys had. And I don't like them. I don't like them much. <laughs> I won't say that. Yeah. Yeah. So these three guys. This is this is facts. I'm not I'm not I'm not telling anything that's not facts. All of yep. these three guys had the password to Huffy Talk. Yep. So when we did it, you didn't even have the password. Because you Nope, because you were here. Because I was here. So and I'm I like, I'm just gonna do it from my phone. Yeah. So and then I knew that there was gonna be so much shit in the comments and you were gonna get distracted by so much of the shit in there. So I was like, you know what? Let me read the comments. So I was reading them. And if anybody had a question, no matter good or bad, I asked you that question. Did I not? Yep. A hundred percent. Yep. Because I was sitting in front of you. You were looking at the camera and you were facing the camera towards me. And you would ask basically the most uh, relevant question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was still up to me to ask, but I didn't want to ask dumb questions that was going to waste this time that we had. Yep. Yeah, like what tire size are you gonna use on a two hundred horsepower yeah. car? You 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 asked the questions that were that were wanting to be asked. Yeah. So we're doing the podcast, or 
well, it was pretty much a podcast, but yeah. we're doing the Huffy Talk. And then the num something just glitched on my phone and it like froze. And then I see everybody, your guys, my guys that were there, I see everybody like it was to a point where it was like, yo, what's up? And they're like, yo, it's saying that he got kicked out of the 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 live. They're deleting everything. And I'm like, what the fuck's they start they started deleting what? Uh, they started deleting all the followers, all the pictures. Yeah, they started deleting them. everything. So yep. for some reason it was still live on my end because I was the one that was on the account. But on the back end, they're changing and deleting everything, right? So there's video of this, guys. If you want to look it up, I believe Nice Ones, um, yeah, they have the video. Yeah, Yeah, so, um, so I did uh, one of the episodes with... Huffy Talk, Huffy Talk Hack. Huffy Talk Hack. I did one of the episodes with, uh, with Nice Ones, which is their project series. And mm-hmm. that we recorded that weekend. Yeah. So O actually went with us to your shop, recorded it. So he recorded everything in real time okay Mm -hmm. so now there's a lot of misconception that we had this plan that we were going to plan something for this to be like super drama driven show you tell it from your side well there was a lot of people attacking me at that time with accusations and people wanted to get my side of the story of it and that's the kind of questions you were asking and right when we got to start airing people out, that's when it got hacked because the truth was coming out. Yeah. People were going to put A, B, and C together and figure out the, the, the problem and figure out the truth. When it got hacked, we still had the footage rolling from nice ones. Yeah. Got to put that out. And that's where it backfired on them. But to get on to Huffy Talk real quick. I love that concept. That If it was still around right now, if you were a little bit more secure with the passwords and you trusted less, I think it would be the biggest thing in import racing. Yeah. I think so, too. Because you were able to go on. And, Frank, you know a lot of people, bro. You were able to ask Stefan Papadakis a question? Yeah. Dude, we were top live all the time back then. And that was only like celebrities were getting top top live well, back then. Remember, ours had the most. We had like, what, 3,200 people on? It was a lot. It was a lot. 2,800 or 3,200. Crazy. And once we started to get to the exposing, because remember, we were leading up to Yeah. Once we started getting to the exposing, one of those fuck boys hacked it. Yeah. So to this day... I'm not sure who did it, and I'm not yeah. accusing anybody. The only information that I had is the same password that I had that day. So did the fir- the three podcasts before that had. Yep. It was for sure Cole. It was for sure Norris, and I have to I'll have to look back and to see if it was Farrell, but I'm pretty sure it was Farrell too. You know? Yeah, he did some halal stand thing. That was after, right? That was after. No, that was after with Fuckboy Saucepot. That's when Saucepot was so jealous of you just having these top lives. Because that's what he always wanted. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't... I didn't notice anything like that, you know? I, I didn't notice any animosity from anybody. And 
it's like I always say, dude, it's a, it's a growing experience. And when you get into this, uh, in this community, you start to meet a lot of people. I've been in it since 2009. I've met so many people and so many relationships have gone. They've peaked and they've just disappeared, you know, but the, that time Downstar was extremely popular. Huffy talk yeah. is extremely popular. I can contact anybody and have them right. on the show, anything that I need to do. So naturally what's your thought in your head like everybody's my friend everybody's yeah. cool with me you know i'm i'm neutral i'm, I'm neutral, neutral. And you know what's funny that you emphasized on that so many fucking times you said guys if you want your chance on huffy talk you're gonna get your chance everyone hey huffy talk the password is gonna be yours you talk and you answer whatever questions you want and no one said nothing about me. Yeah. When it was my turn, they knew they fucked up. Yeah. And just like right now. And I just want to put this out there on this on this beautiful um conversation, this dialogue that we're having. After today, I'll never speak about this shit again. Never about fuckboy Farrell, fuckboy Saucebot, all these fuckboy racers, all of them. You guys are not even irrelevant in my world. This is just pat. This is some kind of clarity that can be viewed in 20 years if you want. Yeah. The video does not delete off YouTube. Definitely, man. And to everybody out there, you know, I don't have any problem with them. If they have a problem with me, that that's on them. And I, I hope that they sleep good at night because uh, these all these situations has helped me elevate myself to a point that i i can't think like that anymore and i don't think like that anymore i don't wish any ill will on anybody i just hope that they come to the realization of what they what they did instead of what everybody else did i have no problem um being accountable for the things that i did and um i think that that added up to our second huffy talk which was maybe about six months later. So uh, if nobody's familiar with this story, um, I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening is because once they see this podcast out, everybody's going to tune in to hear this stuff. This is the God honest truth, guys. I don't have nothing to hide. I don't have any relationships to protect anymore. It's, nope. This is this is 100%. And it, and it feels good to be able to get this stuff off my chest because as it was going down, I really hope people understand me as a business owner. I had to take myself out of it as an entity, as Frank Downstar as an entity, because that would make the business look a certain way as it did anyways. But I had I had to take myself out of the equation. So if I wasn't defending myself, if I wasn't coming on, posting up, combating people, you know, what's the, what's the line from Jay-Z? He says... Um, don't ever argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who, nope. you know? And I had I let myself get slipped up. I had some arguments with fools. I looked at it from the outside looking in. I was like, damn, that shit makes me look bad because I'm actually entertaining this person, you know? So hey, you remember when that squirrel fucker was... Um <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Go fuck yourself, you squirrel fucking cunt. Um, do you remember when that squirrel fucker was trying to do like his own huffy talk? Yeah. And he killed he he killed your platform 
because I know he had something to do with it because he's a mutt. He killed your platform, tried to do exactly what you were doing, and then completely stopped. Yeah. So he yeah. took a beautiful, organic thing that was going on in this community, this sport. He ruined it for his personal gain. He drops merchandise. Yeah. And then just completely gets away, just completely abandons it, abandons it. So we're going to get to that because that's, that's, that's where a lot of shit happened right there. So 2017, summer, that happens. After that, I'm kind of like, you know, I got... I didn't ever get the page back because whoever hacked it, they kept it. I was able to start a new Huffy Talk page, and then that just grew because people wanted the show to go on. You know, so that yeah, page. I forgot who had it. Yeah, on. that page started growing, and um, I was just thinking, like, you know what? This is such a headache, bro. I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm not. It's not doing anything for me. There's so much negativity following it. Why am I going to use my connections that I've met over these years that I've put myself in uncomfortable situations, going to these people, talking to them, you know, like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Frank, you know, building these relationships for everybody else who really didn't appreciate it. Nope. You know, um, I'm not going to uh, I, I, I don't want to talk shit. I'm just telling facts. Um, I was very excited to have Norris on there and he and I have spoke after this. We've squashed everything from what I know, you know, I, I don't have no problems with Norris, but he was actually driving when he planned to do the Huffy talk. So it was, it was choppy fast guy. I had him on twice. He was fucking around. His Wi-Fi was off. Uh, Farrell was drunk the whole time, fucking around, opening the door with Caesar in the restroom. These are all guys that I've tried to give the platform to to take them seriously to hear their story and to ask them questions so this is how i felt like huffy talk was being treated i'm trying to give my information out there my connects to give back to the community but these guys that i'm reaching out to this is where they're treating it so when that happened with you i was just like uh i got i got a business to run i got a family i don't need to be doing this shit so we took a hiatus and um can you tell what, what ended up happening, you know, the rest of 2017 coming into 2018? Um, maybe with you, like, did that shit ramp up after that? or? Man, listen, I've seen all these pussy boys at the track a whole bunch of times. No one said shit to me. No one touched me. We, I'm not surrounded by... Listen, Frank, we all have gangsters, friends. We all have that dude that's willing to ride out for you. Those people, I left at home. Yeah. Because I yeah. can handle my business too. I can handle my business. So I never took it as a threat. That's why... That's why I don't have friends in this thing, this racing thing. I don't. I don't have any friends. I, I don't, The only friends are my family and that's Gunners. That's it, bro. Can't emphasize more. I don't look out for people, random people. I don't look out for families. I look out for gunners. I look out for gunner families. I only care about them. I'm not trying to save the world. I'm only trying to save gunners. But after that, that bullshit happened when they hacked it, nothing came about it. Just more memes, more drama, more trolling. And while they were doing that, I was eating. Yeah. 
was Ian. And that page ended up turning into another page where that page would just post memes about the whole community. And since that page had, you know, like 15,000 followers or what have you on it, which were they couldn't get deleted. Uh, yeah, a lot of them were uh, the race community and they just they laughed. They fed along with it and they just they just enjoyed whoever they were dragging that day. Which a lot of the time it was that you. Page, I don't want to even page, mention the, the name. Yeah, fuck them. That page, um, that page was sent out with the code to about four or five different people. Gotcha. And they would take their turns. You seen it in the way that the captions were wrote. You know what I mean? You seen the different styles of memes, and they were just sharing it in a group text. Yeah. And people would take it, and they would attack me. They would attack whoever they wanted to attack at the time. But while they were doing all of that in group texts and texting each other like. I'm telling you, I was building cars, going fast, breaking records, yeah. selling merch, you know? And it's 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 funny, man. It's funny. I see these people still. Yeah. I see them. They don't... Nothing happens. Yeah. I think uh, most of the reason is that you're, you're taking the things that you've learned from your childhood and where you grew up and applying that to everybody else and thinking that that's the way that their honor system works. And I've done the same thing too. And that led us down this road that we're going down now, which made me wake up like, yo, everybody doesn't think the same way that I do. No. You know, no. honor doesn't mean the same thing to others as it does nah. to me. These motherfuckers got no morals. I remember how many people turned their back on you, bro. I remember the laughing I remember the people that you would call me and be like, bro, I just helped this dude a few months ago. Look at what he's writing about me. I remember all of that. And what did I tell you? It's like, keep fucking gunning, bro. Yeah. Keep gunning. And that's exactly what you did. You created this new platform. You got into a positive aura. You, you, you went and focused back into your family, back into your business. And look how life's going now. That's beautiful. And that's a, a lot of this reason I, I really... I don't regret a lot of it because it led me into this space that we're in today. So that was, yeah. so go back 2018. Now we're in 2018. Huffy talk was down for six months or so, something like that. And then, um, you're doing your thing. Everybody's doing their thing. You're doing your thing. You're selling merch. Probably about the same time that that hoodie came out. Yeah. You know, you're you're selling merch. These drops are coming out. I'm keeping an eye on you, and I'm just like, damn, this is dope. Every Friday, he's coming out with a new drop. He's coming out with merch. His his supporters. I see the group the the group growing. I see his followers mm. growing. I'm like, that's dope, man. I love that. You know, I'm mm. trying to be more positive about things, looking at things more positively, right? So then I decide to um, bring back Huffy Talk. So I make a trailer for it. Everybody's fucking stoked on it. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, going to bring it back, going to bring it back. I think the first guest that we had back was uh, Javier Ortega from uh, from H-Day OGS. We had him on. So, guys, these are huge names that we were having on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, we have Javier, a couple other people. We even had Saucebot on there. Um, and then uh, we decided to do another podcast or another Huffy Talk with you. And at this time, 
I had grown a, a relationship with O from Nice Ones. So O was was there with you that day that you did that one, right? So he actually yeah. had the login, and he's the one that logged in. Yep. So you never even yep. knew the password once again. Never and, and and that's what I wanted to emphasize on. I don't want the password because if I don't know it, hey Aki, can't point your finger at him. So fast forward from the last one to the first one, that was about six months. In those six months, you had went went at it with a few more other people. Uh, Norris was one. Saucepot was one. Uh, those are from, from my memory. But I just remember you and I agreed, okay, we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. And then your thing was like, I'm going to air everybody out that I couldn't air out before. Me, same thing on this platform. Say whatever you want to say but you're responsible for what you say. This is yep. a platform. This is yep. a stage. This is a mic. Say whatever yeah. you're going to say. So I could have sold something on here. I could have promoted something on here or I can, or I can attack. You could have wrapped. You could have did whatever you, this was your window. Everybody knew what Huffy talk was. You could ask questions about their, their sexual preference, what bed they have Whatever you wanted to ask him, it, it didn't have to be about cars because at the end of the day, I didn't want, that's why I didn't call it anything car talk because I wanted Huffy talk to be an ambiguous name, just like Downstar where it can turn into anything. So yep. we have this discussion. We're going to do this Huffy talk. All right, cool. You're like, this is going to be big. I'm going to fucking drag these people. I said, Hey, uh, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. But isn't that, isn't that what I said? Because people think that we had a we had a master plan that you and I were gonna get together and you're gonna drag all these people and I'm like yeah fuck them fuck them drag them too I said ah this is your time dude I said I said you could do I'm, I'm, no you hyping me up keep going man. all right so we make the flyer putting it out so you, this motherfucker is a marketing genius guys. Every day, oh, it was that the, the guy with the CRX, the little guy with the CRX, another guy that you were dragging. Because every single day, you had another person that you were dragging. So the Huffy Talk was on, say, Thursday, what have you. We would release it on Monday. Monday, you drag something. Tuesday, you drag something. Wednesday, you drag something. It was like a few days. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. Because my phone is blowing up. Everybody that you're dragging is blowing me up. Don't let them do it. Don't let them, don't let them say this, you know? So what, what Huffy Talk was, if, for, for uh, everybody that doesn't know, I would be in my garage, go live every single night, chilling, smoking, hanging out. Five, ten people. We're just bullshitting about the day. Every single day, then we would pick up the combo and then we would talk about something. Pick it up from the next day. Always the same people. So they were like following it and it was just a group of hangout. And I'm like, man, we should call this shit something one day. And we're like, oh, let me see him. So I came up with the name Huffy Talk because we had the Huffy bike hanging in the back. So I started the Instagram and then we just kept doing lives. And then the idea came to start adding people. And that's where Huffy Talk started at. So that's that's the idea where Huffy Talk eventually turned into this downtime with Downstar. Yep. So yep. I'm getting called by all of these fucking people. And at nighttime, I'm going on live smoking. I'm like, damn, Thursday's gonna be crazy. 
the earlier in the week, I'm co-live with 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 Daniel. I'm gonna call him Daniel. We're we're Daniel. We're both smoking, laughing because we've had a relationship since 2012. You know, he came over to the booth as a fan at Ibach, and he's like, "Hey, man, I like your group, your uh, your your brand. Uh, you should come out to Honda Day." Because it was Honda Day at the time. So he's the one that told me about Honda Day. Uh, I had actually met Javier the SEMA before that. But I kind of just didn't put two and two together until like Daniel was telling me, you got to come out, you got to come out. So I was like, all right, cool. So we were cool from back then, right? Cool enough to be doing co-lives. Because like, oh, you're on, bro. What's up? Jump on. Oh, yeah, that shit's crazy. I don't know. We'll see what happens Thursday. We'll see what happens Thursday. You know, you drag the guy with the CRX. Oh, shit, that's fucking crazy. You're, you're talking with Norris. Oh, shit, that's crazy, you know? But when his name got brought up, switched. Yep. Yo, you're my homie, and you're going to let this guy on and drag me? I said, bro, I don't know what the fuck this dude's doing. You had your chance on here before him everybody else that's on here they've had their chance before it's only right that this dude gets his chance now if you guys i don't know what what happened between you guys but from what i found out or from what i gather is that you guys had a problem you guys squashed it and then when you were dragging norris he was jumping on and like egging on norris putting himself in the mix yeah, he put himself into the fire. Let me tell you something about Dan Fuckboy Sawspot Squirrel Fucker. Um, that guy is the biggest fraud this sport has ever seen. He is the king of throwing rocks and hiding his hand. He acts like he's a deer in headlights. He don't know what's going on. Why is he attacking me? Why did he say this? What's going on? Motherfucker, you know what's going on. You know what's going on. Yeah. And that's why... We went to war with him, me and my gunners. He lost 10,000 followers. This cocksucker called AEM. Well, we'll get to that. Made- we'll get to that. Because it's a buildup. Well, well, then land your plane, buddy. <laughs> land your plane. <laughs> so it's a buildup. Yeah. So the yeah. day you're dragging Norris, he's blowing me up, calling me, telling me things about his lawyer, you know? And I'm just like, fuck dude i'm not trying to get lawyers involved like what kind of shit is this you know so then i'm telling you like dude like you gotta chill out bro like this dude's telling me about he's gonna call his fucking lawyers and then he's telling me what are you guys butt buddies he told me that and i'm like bro what the fuck dude i at this point where i'm at i could have said i looked at this both ways i said all right i can tell aki we're not gonna do the show anymore that's not going to make you happy, and it's not going to make your following happy, right? For what reason? Because of because these guys. So I'm having loyalty to these guys, right? Yeah. But these guys didn't understand. If I had loyalty to them, I'm opening up myself to get attacked because now yeah. I'm pussy because I'm backing up just because these guys said something. Mind you, yep. my platform is 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 uh is neutral. I'm not. I'm not backing you up in anything you're saying. I'm not co-signing anything you say. I'm giving you the time to talk about what you want to talk about. Getting everybody hitting me up. Yo, dude, just wait. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You know, you can be on there. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about after this live. If you guys want to do one in the future, we'll do one. It's no fucking biggie. If you talk shit, you talk shit. You just have to be able to defend what you talk shit. 
That's how I see it, right? Yep. So then you the then it comes the next day when uh when Daniel's dragging comes and you're going at him full force. I don't want to see any of that towards me because I'm like, "Fuck, dude. You're you are in destroy mode." And I've seen you in destroy mode before and for me to back up my word or to go back on my word to defend these guys who have been dragging you publicly, it's not a good look. And I felt that if I did that, then you and the gunners were going to turn on me. I was, yeah. I was in a lose-lose situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said... You were in a hard place. You were in a hard place. I was in a hard fucking place. Having Daniel texting me, giving me the bi biggest guilt trips. I still have the texts in my phone, but I don't do that kind of shit. Biggest fucking yeah, no. guilt trips, right? I feel bad. Cause I'm like, damn, this is my friend, dog. He's about to get it, but I understand, dude, because he's egging an en an enemy of your enemy, dude. Like you, you can't egg him on because that makes you no. look a certain way, especially if you guys squashed yeah. it. So yeah, you get on, and uh, then you go from there. You you can tell your side from it. That was me up to the point. Give O the login, and me just like fuck, man. Whatever. I don't I don't really remember exactly how it went, but I remember that I was on my on my vigilante shit. You know what I mean? I was exposing the truth because I let these guys talk all the shit that they wanted. I let them bash me and then I was like, okay, now I'll address everyone in just one live. And that's exactly what happened. And a lot of drama came out of it, but it didn't affect me. It didn't affect me one bit. If anything, it made me it made me bigger because I wasn't bro, who goes to war with these kind of names? Yeah. P racing, saw spot, uh companies, you know, famous racers. Like I I go to war with them because I don't agree with them. That's one. Two, they they throw rocks and hide them. Remember the I remember the first time Norris subbed me. It was a saw spot photo. Mm -hmm. I just broke my car. I went to one that hurt my car in Florida. Saw spot posted a picture of fuckboy Norris like this. So they were trolling me. Yeah, I remember that so picture. I was supposed and then they said, oh, um, Norris always points the gun. Really? I've never seen. Like, that's my signature. Like, that's the gunner's signature. Well, whatever, man. Yeah. So, so after this, after this podcast finishes, I thought it was good. You talked about what you had to talk about, the things that you talked about. It made sense. Everything made sense of why you were upset with these people. And they're all grown men. If that's the way that they want, if that's what they wanted to do, if that, if they wanted to sub you and troll you, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not judging them. But you yep. can't you can't deny it when somebody asks you like, "Yo, were you subbing him?" Yeah, fuck that fool. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. See you at yeah. see you at H day. Yo, what's up? You subbing me? Yeah, I don't like the way you move, dog. Just do get out of here. All right, whatever. Yeah. It, it is. This isn't the streets. It is what yeah. it is. But you have to yeah. stand behind the things that you say. Exactly. So after this happens. Daniel goes on live with Fast Guy and they're just dragging me and just talking shit. And I'm just like, yep. 
whatever, dude. You're mad right now because you got exposed. It's, that has nothing to do with me, B. I didn't do it. I didn't say those things. You put yourself in this situation. And then when I seen Fast Guy egging him on, that really bothered me because that was a guy that I got behind. Before, before Fast Guy, he didn't even have a title sponsor before Downstar. And when, he, when we title sponsored him, I told him exactly how much we were going to give him for exactly how many events. And he, did, he wasn't happy with that, I guess. And he wasn't cool with me. But then I ended up seeing him at another event. I went up to his pit and I said, yo, what's up, bro? I hear things on the street. Like, is everything good? People are saying that I, I ripped you off. And no, nah, everything's good. That's it, bro. Everything's good. Yep. That's cool. Right. But then he jumps on with Saucepot. They start going back and forth and feeding the fire. I'm like, damn, that's crazy because that's my that's my buddy. And this is a guy that I've given like over $3,000 cash to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. You know, at the end of the night, I'll still have the text right here. I text Daniel. I said, you know what, man? I know you're upset right now, but um, I don't like something. I don't want this to ruin our friendship. We'll talk about it later. Never, ever text me after that and his his thing was that he was just gonna badmouth me any chance he could and i got yep. a lot of that for months yep. after that yep yeah i remember people kept bashing the company people kept just whatever just trending into negativity and i sat back and i was like wow i warned i warned frank downstar about saw spot i warned you I remember warning you, bro. Yeah. This guy's a piece of shit, man. I'm telling you. I see the hidden agendas, man. Now everything is... What you gonna do now? You see what I'm saying, Frank? There's no fucking substance. There's no fucking racing. We're getting there. <laughs> What's he gonna do now? These people have no substance. We're... They can't survive without the track being open. This... Who the fuck is Saw Spot if he doesn't go live? He's a fucking mutt. That fucking does the gardening in his house in Long Island. Go fuck yourself. Bro. All right, so let me finish right, painting so the picture, Doc. Right. Jesus, right. you still painting the picture? Yeah, because there's so Jesus. much I've never even talked about. Okay, so then I get a, a text right after it's done. I want next. Who texts me that? I want next. Farrell texts me. I said, all right, bro. I have somebody lined up next, but let's talk in the morning and we'll work it out. I had no bias. I even told you. You said you could have Pharaoh on after. I don't care. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then the next morning when I wake up, they already start with their bullshit and they're going to do their hala talk, dissy me and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then remember, you know who I felt bad for, Frank? Alex from Humble. Remember he had the, remember uh, Fuckboy Saucepot was going live at the same time as Huffy Talk mm -hmm. and taking the viewers away? Yeah. Fucking poor Alex, man. And that was a good story, too. That dude had like a hundred people on. Bro. He was there with his daughter talking about his his life and everything, but the the Great. but the uh the spite that Daniel had against me yep. from what 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 did I do? I was in a hard spot, bro. I'm sorry I couldn't cancel the show. I apologize. Yep. You know? Yep. I'm sorry I couldn't do it. But took away because of his anger with you, mm -hmm. he took away from from the humble performance, Huffy Talk that we were doing, and just that's who I felt bad for, Alex from Humble Man. And it was maybe yeah. 
six months or so that um that it's just all all of this bullshit it was just building up i never had a chance to defend myself i stepped away i i dealt with so many attacks bro so many people were fucking attacking me people were changing up on me people that i've helped out people that i've given product to you know they they all switched up on me dude and and it made me feel shitty bro crazy bro i remember bro that shit made me feel shitty i had the fucking i'm sorry dude i'm taking this side i'm taking this podcast over but it all no intertwined no you gotta vent bro people want to hear this because they always think i'm the one that's doing exposing and and i'm potentially lying and or i'm just in always in fight mode but so 2018 was a really rough year for me um, at the beginning of the year, I had uh, I had some somebody leave the shop, left me high and dry, you know, and I lost like what most people make in a year got stolen from me. I don't know who took it. I don't know what. Um, then the, all this shit happens. I start noticing that these friends, oh, all my friends, these are my homies. These are my homies. I got them right here on my phone. I text them. All these are my homies. That list dropped to fucking nothing bro because when all that shit was going down there was like a handful of people less probably less than that that would hit me up right i'm fucking i'm angry bro i'm angry i'm hurt inside i can't defend myself so i'm just i'm just fucking pissed say when i see this motherfucker i'm pressing him i don't give a fuck where when what i'm pressing him Come to find out, Daniel's coming to Cali. Perfect. I'm pressing you, dog. I'm pressing you because you keep going on live. You keep talking down on my name. You know who I am as a fucking person. But you keep talking down on my name, bro. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. So, we pull up to Fontana, Fontana, the event. I forget the name. DRN, maybe. He's yeah, going out east there. East versus west. Yeah, he's yeah he's there. Um, west or east coast guys are there. Um, pull up, fucking hearts beating, dog. I'm I'm ready to go. Cause when you say all that shit about somebody, you better be ready to go too. Pull up, pass people in my BMW. Big old downstar on the side. Pass them, park, hop out, go straight to him. I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? This man raises his hand, tries to dap me. Yo, what's up, Frank, on live? I said, nah, bro, we got to talk. He's like, well, let's talk right here. Puts the camera in my face. I'm like, nah, we ain't doing that, bro. We ain't doing none of that internet bullshit. You're going to talk to me like a man. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening to this heard that video because that video was what was out on uh, online. He put that video out, of course, because he wants to get you know clicks and stuff for it. Whatever, you know, I understand it. He said, I was watching one of uh, old Huffy talks um, with Ron Bergenholtz and one of his comments popped up and it said, you're right, drama does sell. That was one of his comments and it just all clicked to me. I'm like, all right, cool. You feed into this drama. I'm not trying to feed into any drama. I'm coming to you straight up. No phone out, no nothing. Let's go talk, bro. So we go out and finally puts the phone down. All right, let's go talk. We talk about it and we're talking and I'm like, dude, you put me in a fucked up ass position. Either I'm going to get dragged by the gunners or I'm getting dragged by you. You're supposed to be my homie. I'm in a fucked up position. 
And oh, well, I didn't, I never thought about it because you didn't think about it from anybody else's point of view, but your point of view and that you can't mm-hmm. do things like that, dude. So then it gets to a point where he's done with the combo. And I said, I'm not fucking done talking. And he's like, oh, whatever. And he walks away. I said, you know what? That's because all you, you just have a bitch made mentality. I told him that he turned around. And I seen his eyes light up. His, what'd you say? He walked up to me. Nobody's watching me. It's just me and my boys watching, but they're standing away, right? So he walks up to me and he's like, what'd you say about me? And he's pressing his hat into my head like that or, or in my, his head into my hat. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you, bro? Oh, it's we go time. Fight. It's go time, yeah. right? Raining outside. I'm just putting the settings, right? I'm not a fighter, bro. You put me to that. You push me to that limit. We're going. I swung on him. I swung on yeah. him. I missed. I slipped right when I got up, threw my jacket off. He was 10 feet back. First thing he says is, I came 3,000 miles for this, runs back, and there's like a bunch of people behind him. Anything else that happened but after that, I don't know what happened. I was in go mode. I was ready to fucking go. I wasn't caring who was recording. I didn't care who was watching. I was fucking pissed. I let somebody trick me out of my situation, and I could have lost it all right there. You know? And that was my fuck up. I should have never did that. Sheepy came. Sheepy gets me and says, dude, you're going to fuck everything up. You need to chill. I said, nah, fuck that fool. I, I was, bro, I was pissed, dude. And I haven't been that pissed in so long. And then Alex, I said, you know what? Grab him. Let's go talk. So he grabs Alex or he grabs Sauce Spot. It's me, him, and Alex talking. And we're talking. I said, you know what? I'm just pissed. And now both of them are trying to calm me down. Frank, it's chill, man. Don't worry about it. It's all good, dude. Let's just let's just drop this. I'm I'm like, "All right, dude. It's it's all good. Squash it." Right? That shit was done with me. Okay. I'm at the, I'm at my car chilling that day, walking around the event the whole day. He's there, I'm there. I see him, whatever. It's all good because we squashed it. Yeah. We squashed it, right? Yeah. Get home fucking internet is a frenzy from his video that he put out if he would have never put out that video everything would have been squashed then but his excuse for it all was like yeah i just put it up i never said anything you know so he just kept stirring the pot after we squashed it and i'm like come on dude we can't squash things and then keep having beef so then i'm sorry i'm sorry to cut you off but doesn't that sound familiar to my story we're getting to that right now okay right so then we go to the first H day after all of this shit happens, which I believe is the first one that I'm able to be at because uh, we got married and uh, we didn't go to that. The first one. So then um, the second one was New Hampshire. Go to New Hampshire. I'm just trying to figure out like, I don't know what the fuck the temperature is going to be like. I don't know if everybody's going to try to fight me. I don't know if I'm going to have to fight Sauce Spot. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Chilling at with uh the reason I'm saying all these fucking names and all these people, you can go ask them right now. Chilling with Matt Monday, you know, we're chilling outside of the four piston uh trailer. Sawspot comes up. Oh, what's up, man? Yo, I hope we could squash all that. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Squashed it right there, right? Squashed it yep. again, dude. I'm done with it because by this time, my mentality for everything has changed. I realize people aren't fucking with me no more. I realize I don't have the friends that I thought I had anymore. I got to move on. So when he yeah. comes and wants to squash it, I'm like, all right, that's all good. Because we already squashed it in my head. So if you have a problem with me still, 
That's with you, bro. I wish you yeah. I wish you peace. And yeah. that was the same weekend that you were there and you brought out the car. So that's that's my piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell your It's real because um Four Piston loves you. And from what I collected, he was upset that they 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 support him. Hmm. So what this guy does is whoever he has a problem with he reaches out to these media outlets. I mean, he reaches out to these companies and he says that this person is X, Y, Z. Yeah. So that's the same thing that happened with AEM. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I was upset on a live one day because this guy, he just doesn't get it. He's always talking shit. He's always letting people talk shit about me on his page. He has no kind of fucking respect for anyone but himself. And he's a selfish piece of shit. So one day I was on live, I aired him out. I'm like, um, we're at H-Day. I'm racing. H-Day gives him the phone to record for their live. My gunners are flooding the live. Yo, show us Aki's car. Show us Aki's car. This dude stopped showing my car during passes. Mm. Blatantly blocking me out of the live. So all the gunners messaged me. I was like, yo, what's up with your man, bro? This dude is corny. Like, that's not even his page. He's mad. Like, you can't be biased with the events page. Yeah. They just asked you to go live. Whatever the case may be. He Listen, this guy is a negative piece of shit. He's got hidden agendas. He bashes everyone that he so-called is supposed to be cool with behind their back. He bashed I Shoot You. He bashed Jamie Marsh. He bashed everyone that's pure. He bashed them. And you know what's funny? When it happens to other people, that's when I get the phone call like, yo, you were right. Motherfucker, I don't want to be right. Yeah. But when I'm going to war, you got to back me up too. Because this guy's going to do it to you. But I will never... Say his name again after today. Never, because he's irrelevant. This dude's a mutt. Yeah, and the world, the world will find out on its own. Yeah, I don't tell all of this stuff to sway anybody's thoughts. This is my true story. This is everything is facts, and you guys can look up these facts. To this day, how I feel about him, I wish him the best, and I hope he lives a great life. But our paths don't have any any meaning of being. We're not on the same road anymore. So. Whatever you're no. doing, I wish you the best, but I'm over here. And it's it's cool. Yeah. Cause I'm over here with yeah. so many other people. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's cool, man. I, I don't want to put any negativity well, this, out there, but I never had a chance to tell my side. You know? You know what? I'm glad you got to tell your side because a lot of people were making fun of the slip, the the swing, all of this. It was raining, whatever the case may be, right? We'll never talk about this guy again. We'll, let's both agree on this. Yeah. We'll never have to tell this. I'll leave this message to him. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care if you win or, or lose. Go be on with your life. The world will filter through you. That's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, same, dude. You know, I just wish you best. I wish you, I wish you happiness, and, and I wish, wish you clarity in your life, you know? But it... Uh, so let, let's... Let's talk about that. You ended up losing your sponsorship with AEM because of that that problem that you guys had. So how did you feel about that? 
I felt betrayed by AEM. And I love Lawson. We had a great conversation after that. I was supposed to go, um, I was supposed to meet up with him a few times, me and my old lady, him and his old lady, and we were supposed to have some, some dinner and wine. And for him to take a media outlet side that has always been biased and they dropped me like a bad habit after I was cheerleading. Do you know how many fucking AEMs I've sold? Do you know how many people I've converted from different ECUs to AEM? Mm. Do you know the praise I used to give AEM when they sponsored me? And to break world records on that and then for some piece of shit that's always in drama media outlet to ruin that relationship, especially business. Yeah. So yeah. AEM did me dirty. I lost a $6,000 sponsorship, and I believe AEM acted inappropriately and premature. They should have reached out to me and said, Aki, you're our sponsored guy. A lot of people are running our stuff because of you. What's going on with this dude? Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. And then your decision should be made. But I was never granted that opportunity. Yeah. So I lost. I cried when I got that sponsorship. I went to my brother's gravesite, James, God rest his soul. And I said, bro, we did it. We got AEM. They, I'm sponsored by AEM Electronics. And I'm sitting there at the grave and as God is my witness. I started crying. And I'm like, yo, I've came a long way, man. I've came a long way, bro. I can't believe this. And to lose that one, that one hurt. That one hurt. Yeah, I could tell because uh, when you came back, the the next, so that was the weekend. So that Monday when you when you were on your vengeance, I could see that you were hurt. And yeah. I could see that some of the moves that you were making, me now in this in this time that I've changed looked at things from a different point of view. It was one of those things where I was just like, ah, I don't know if this is the best way to yeah. be doing things now. You have yeah, you have a very positive movement that's going on right now. Don't get tricked out of your situation like I got tricked out of mine. Yeah. So tell me about that because I was watching it go down and then something changed in you and you said, I'm done with this. So what we did was I told the gunners we're going to war. And when and whenever the gunners hear that we're going to war, they gear up and they defend and they stand up and they expose. So I told them we were going to war with that dude and he lost almost 10,000 followers. He started blocking people. Um, he started reporting pages, so on and so forth. But again, I'm going back to that analogy of throwing rocks and hiding your hand. That's the majority of racing. These dudes sub you. These dudes pretend to be your friends and then they act like they don't know what's going on when you press them the same way that happened to you. When you pressed him, he was dumbfounded. What do you mean? What happened? What are you talking about? Bro, what do you mean what I'm talking about? You had people saying that they should throw my bolts out. 
Like you had people saying OEM is better. Like you were promoting the downfall of my company. How my child is going to go to college. How my wife should retire and stay home. That's goals. Isn't that goals, Frank? Yeah, and that's, the old that's true. That's exactly true. Isn't that goals? The old lady stays home. The son goes to college. You and the old lady live a beautiful life. You are trying to diminish that. Now, when I pressed you, you said, I don't know what you're talking about. With yeah, you. definitely. You right yeah. now. But, but I'm glad... I'm gl let's get away from yeah. this because I could possibly snap and say some real ignorant things. Yeah, I don't want that to happen, dude. Um, and anybody yeah. listening right now, I don't want you to go to any of these guys and, and, and defend us on our behalf. Just let it be, you know. If any of them ever want to have a conversation, they all have my phone number. We could talk about things, but I don't want to talk unless uh, and you've reached some sort of maturity and we're thinking on the same level. I've it's 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 not anything that I choose to to relive again. You know, I'm not I'm not I don't want to do this podcast so people don't fuck with them. You know, fuck with them. That's cool. I just never had a yeah. chance to tell my yeah. side. And the way that I seen your stuff yes. going down, I I saw so many parallels. Um, one parallel yeah. was when you got snitched on you lost your sponsorship and people were looking bad at you that made me think that maybe maybe the the overall morale and morals of the community aren't aligning with me as as a man so i gracefully have to step back mm. i have to step back and show love to the to the race community from the outside because if mm -hmm. these are the morals that are accepted i can't really i can't really be a part of it when i could be a part of the podcasting the show side going to other events doing other and spreading my spending my time over there because it's just it's just in me i can't condone those kind of things you know so it just it made me realize that this probably wasn't the place that i needed to put a lot of my my time in if this is the morals i don't in my opinion as your friend i don't think any of those people we discussed in this cast should have the opportunity to even speak to you anymore bro i swear to god frank if i'm gonna give you a little bit of inspiration these people are beneath you bro yeah don't even answer that phone you got sitting next to you, dude. Don't do it, man. These people are never going to change. Yeah. They're already old. Old people don't change, bro. They're set in their ways, like me. I keep trying to become positive, but I'm set in my ways to where I address negativity. Yeah. And I, I could see people out of your life. Your life is going great, dude. What? Don't give them the same equal opportunity that you give Ed Bergenholtz. No, they, they, they would never be on, on the platform. That's totally no, they different. Should, no. Uh, no, listen to me. You got to go with the laws of power, bro. If you kill the voice, no one can hear it. That's what they were trying to do with you. 
kill Aki's voice, no one will hear yeah. it. But then what they couldn't understand and fathom is, you're a man of your word. I gave that man my word. He's been promoing since Monday that he's going on Thursday. How do I tell him day four, hey, can't do it? What? You know? You would have just went on your live and everybody would have went over there. It would have been more disrespectful. I don't respect. I want to try to get this to go into the positive yeah. of all the good stuff that this movement does. But bottom line, Frank, I hope I know you another 30 years. I hope we interact more. I hope you come here to visit. I go there to visit my kids, your kids, whatever it's going to be, man. Yeah. There's never anything that's going to come in be between us again, ever. My fucking, this, arguably one of the greatest EKs that's ever going to be built. Arguably. It can be put up there with some of the best. It's flooded with Downstar. And I begged you to pay. Yeah. And you said, BB, I got it. I want to be a part of this theme. Yeah. I want to be a part of this Kobe tribute. I said, Frank, you sure? I want to pay, bro. BB, I got it. I left you alone. We're going to get to the positive because there's a lot of positive to go, but there's just a couple things that I still got to ask, right? Go ahead. What was the situation with the GoPro after the race at World Cup with Jamie? Fuck boy Kevin. Um, so let me, let, me, let me tell you something about these people, bro. These people cannot believe that I'm this successful. And I hate to keep tuning my own horn. I really do. But it is my fucking podcast today, right? Um, these people cannot understand how successful and how fast this has become. Um, Kevin Forbanger put a GoPro in Jamie's car. JBRE is a bunch of another fuckboys. Uh, Pepsi, I used to idolize him too. He's probably one of the biggest haters in racing. He's up there with Sauce Spot. Months. Um, Kevin takes the footage out of Jamie's car. Kevin gives the footage to Pepsi. Pepsi gives the footage to Dat Gringo, mm. the fat kid with the red hair, Ginger. He gives him the footage. They put it out to try to expose me as a cheater. Fast forward two years later, come to find out. They all said that they were cheating too, and they all showed how they cheated with the fuel. Okay. So 2018, 2020, they're saying, oh, we cheated the whole time, you fucking idiots. Facts. The videos are out. So, but, but the thing with Kevin is, I want to touch on Kevin for a banger. I called him right away when the footage was leaked. And he was on FaceTime with me, and he was with his girl. And I told him, bro, that's some fuckboy shit. Yo, listen, it's Pepsi. That nigga's like a bully. Pepsi uh, uh, took the footage. I didn't give it to him. This guy's a maniac. This guy's this. He has my motor. He's holding my motor. I had to do whatever. I can't believe I got into business with him and this and that. 
And I said, bro, but where's your morals, my nigga? That's a private conversation. Me and Jamie were talking on the GoPro footage to give you guys some enlightenment was I told Jamie, bro, they're cheating with fuel. And you got me out here getting my ass bust because I'm trying to run legal. Let's mix the fuel and let me fuck these dudes up. Jamie said, no, we play fair. They're going to get caught. They never got caught. They never got gotcha. caught. But eventually they couldn't hold the secret so long, they finally exposed it this year. Got you. Okay. Um, th- these are th- I want to ask you these things because I don't want anybody on the opposite side to say that, we, that we're not giving you these tough questions, right? Oh, bring them on. Bring them on. So the last one before we get to um, you know, the, the bright light at the end of the tunnel is the... Uh, the time slip. So if we could go over that situation. Okay. So the time slip, the reason it doesn't get that much explanation out of me is because I feel as though I'm only trying to prove myself correct to people I already have blocked. Okay. That I'm never going to change their train of thought about me, their mindset about me. We go to Texas. This is during World Cup because I'm banned from World Cup because I beat the shit out of Tom Crean. Um, We go to Texas. We finally put the car on 50-50 Nitro. We put the big injectors in. It's time to go eights. We're all the way in Texas. If you've been to that track, they do half-mile races. So they have to push the cones back because they roll under the tunnel so it goes half mile and then quarter mile racing goes next we were up next we take the car out the first pass um it bogged super hard i couldn't get in contact with jamie because he's at world cup so I go into the computer, I put the RPM to 6,000 launch. Usually on big nitro, on these motors, it doesn't really need that much RPM to leave and go hard. You know what I mean? I'm referring to the two-step. Mm-hmm. I go into the computer, I put 6,000. And if Jamie would have saw that, he would have ripped me a new one. Hey, are you crazy, 6,000? You're going to rip the car up? It's going to spin The track was in such good shape that it took all the RPM. So when I went and put it to 6,000 launch limiter two-step, the car finally took off well. There's a kid right next to me uh, that has a 2JZ and a Lexus IS. And his boy was was, was live on Facebook or YouTube, I forget. And they see the pass that I go eight, nine. When I get the slip, all it's giving me basically that looks accurate is the ET, mm-hmm. which is 8.9, and the mile an hour, which is 154. Okay. So I'm so happy. I post the slip. Everyone starts saying it's fake. Even Stefan Papadakis said it was fake at SEMA. Mm. They were talking about me at SEMA. Remember what time this is? This is, World Cup, this is World Cup Finals. This is SEMA, and this is me in little old Texas, minding my business, trying to become the first 99 millimeter crank in the eights, and I did it. Yeah. 
and everyone started bashing and attacking me. I didn't want to let that get to my psyche. Yeah. So I said, no one sees the time slip no more. Gotcha. And that was it. But if anyone thinks that that was a fake time slip, then what happened to the people that were there that attested to the board saying 8-9? How did I cheat? They said that I bought the time slip from a Mustang that was a gunner. There was no Mustang there that was a gunner. Yeah. What I mean, they came up with all these different excuses to try to discredit my accomplishment. I drove 28 hours to, to race, bro. I've spent $4,000 to race. Round trip, Airbnb for four other people with me. Food, gas, tolls, everything. I bought a brand new truck. Yeah. I bought a, I bought a 2019 Ram. With 13 miles, right to Texas. Went right to Texas with the brand new truck. So when people tried to discredit that, mm -hmm. I just said to myself, you know what, Muhammad? You're, are you really trying to change the mind of people you've had blocked for three years? You're a fucking idiot. Dude, figure out how to make merch off this. Figure out how to make a drop. Gotcha. Like, figure out how to brand around the 8-9. And we did that. And we killed you. When I went 9-26, I sold 200 hats. Wow. 200 hats that said 8, that said 9-26 at 148. Well, there's no time. There's no time to address every single troll. I feel you. That's why I just get them out and alive. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel you. Uh, that's why it's good to get all this shit out because I want to ask you things that I know people are going to want to hear. You know? Yeah. I have to. Yeah. I have to. Ever... Yeah. Oh, so check this out. So then eventually a couple of days later, Frank, they said that the time slip was real. Okay. All right, he did go 8-9. Some people seen the footage from the other guys live. But then they said that I don't really have a 99 four-piston motor. Got I've got a bigger motor, and I'm lying. So then I said, hey, money talks every single time. Someone come here with $10,000 cash. I have to leave to Vegas soon to retire. I'll rip apart my motor. For $10,000. If I lose, if there's not a 99 crank in there, you win $10,000. But if I ripped apart my car for free, you owe me $10,000. But nobody takes the bet when it comes to money, ever. It's never happened. I remember calling out after 926, I called out any all motor car in the world. Because everybody was hating when I went 926. I was number three in the world. We also branded and sold stuff off number three in the world. Um, I said, I'll race any all-motor car in the world for $5,000. Do you think that ever happened? When it comes to putting up the money, no one... I feel you. So, um, do you even want to touch on the World Cup stuff or you want to just keep going on? 
Uh, World Cup is, um, I don't, World, World, World Cup is the biggest crock of shit ever. It's made for the minorities to bring in the money and specific people to win those events and they make over five million dollars in that week within that span and the payouts are awful and that's all i want to say about that all right well let's keep it rolling then so after all this shit happens everybody tries to ruin you everybody tries to drag you all that did was help your movement grow bigger so this is the time we get to with the gunners the merch, the support you're getting, and the giveaways you're doing and how you give back. So let, yeah. let's let's go over to that. Tell me um tell me what that means to you. I mean to be some of these people's heroes or a person they idolize is is surreal. Um I've done so much for them. I've sent people money out of the blue. I've I've sent people parts out of the blue. Uh, they really are my family. You know, we probably have never seen each other in the physical form, but when we DM each other, it's always good night, my brother. Good morning, my brother. I tell Gunners I love you personally, like like through DM. I love you, brother. Yeah. I love you, man. Thank you. We're on the same side. I don't do nothing for the racing community. I can give a shit about the racing community. I can give a fuck about the um, the Honda community. I only care about gunners, bro. And I know you love the positivity stuff. You like doing stuff for the community. But that's your train of thought. My train of thought, I just want to take care of people that got my back. Gotcha. Because loyalty is incredible. We can't pay for it. Imagine every time I was right next to you, every single time you had a problem, I was right there. Imagine every time you argued with someone and you were wrong, but I was right there. No, he's right. What happened? What's the problem? That's a great feeling. And I don't ask you for nothing. It's just genuine love. Now picture that with 5,000 plus people. It's a great feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we look out for each other. We take perfect example. Today, a gunner got called out for a money race in Florida. They called him a broke motherfucker. We went live. So if you know, you know. If you're watching, you watching. Oh, your fucking gunner's broke. All right, I'll send him $1,000. He'll race you tonight. I told the gunner, if you win, keep 800 Send me back 1200 Because I sent you the 1000 I'll take 200 bucks for lunch for me and 40 for the week. Yeah. Keep 800 bucks profit. And people went ecstatic. They're like, yo, that's why we fuck with you. Because what are we talking about? Money here? Yeah. That shit comes and goes, bro. I told you when I retired, I had $140. I'm in a different place now. I'm in a position to help. You're in a position to help. If you do that, whether you, oh man, if we ever want to get into the scientific theory of life or you want to get into the religious theory of life, yeah. I think we got to do another po podcast because uh, there's so much stuff that I want to talk to you about, but we had to get all this bullshit out the way. Oh yeah, that's yeah, well, yeah. The next one, yeah. definitely, uh, for sure, dude. Yeah, uh, uh, William Cooper, you ever heard of William no. Cooper, the pale horse, the pale white horse? No. Please. Find William that. Cooper? 
William Cooper, former CIA agent. He was murdered. Um, I was listening to it on audio. Mm, give me one second. Yeah. Behold yeah. the pale white horse. Okay. It's banned from every prison, every jail. They won't let people read really? it. Yeah, you'll love it. I promise you'll love it. So this gunner movement, strong. You know, you're, you're at what, like 50-some uh, followers, 50-some K right now? 61,000 plus. 61,000, yeah. dude. That's awesome, man. Um, selling merch all the time. The designs are dope. I like the designs that you come out with. Thank you. Um, I just like to see you winning, dude. You know, because... What, what? Every every conversation we've ever had, you've always been honest with me, whether it's been a, um, a tough conversation to have or not. Yeah. You know, uh, we've talked about things off air um, and there's a lot of similarities and I can see a lot of the reasons why you do things. And I'm guessing that you have a lot of feelings and you have a lot of emotions as a person. And that's why sometimes these these things that happen trigger you in a way. I don't like, yeah, I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. I think I think people can probably figure that out from when I told my childhood yeah. stuff. I'm real rebellious against that. So when I look at some of these people online that are bullies, big names big follower count and think they can run my name through the mud. I want to do it in a mental and physical form to fuck you up. You know what I mean? I want to, but I know that I'm winning in the mental. Yeah. I'm killing these people, bro. Mentally they're at home laying down with their wives. They can't even get it up because they're thinking about me, bro. You know what I mean? And Hey, <laughs> I'm a sick motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a sick motherfucker. God, please help me, man. God, so, just guide me. When you when are you gonna see peace, bro? Is that something that you even want? To, do you want to see peace? I want. I got a five year plan. I wrote that down here. I wrote like some key points that I don't want to forget. I got a five year plan of working as hard as I can. So by the age of 40, I never have to work again. Multiple sources of income. I want to move somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere near the Wyoming area. It's, and I just, and maybe just raise my children in a different type of environment. See where, because we know the statistics that's going to happen in Yonkers, New York. I want to make enough money to alter and change that statistic. Definitely. So that's that's my end my end goal. A nice, beautiful home somewhere in the Midwest, quiet. Have to drive to get food. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, I do want peace. I want it every day. Cause, but at the same time, I don't want to be weak. Yeah. yeah. That's why I train my gunners to have a standard there should be no one to speak to you in that manner who are they what is different 
they have a car that goes nines and you have one that goes 14s and this guy can talk to you and yeah i feel you um do you ever feel like ego and pride uh slow you down from reaching your potential goals well, I've never made this much money and never been this much successful until I learned how to tuck my pride in. I've apologized to a lot of people. It's just what did they do after the apology? Yeah. You know, did they move on? Because you said it. You said it earlier. I don't have the problem. It seems as though you have the problem. But I've never made so much money I've never been this successful in my entire life until I learned how to become humble, how to help others, and how to sacrifice. I sacrifice time with my family now, yes, because in five years, it's all going to be worth it. I feel you, bro. So let's get into one of the, um, the coolest things that I've seen you do. Uh, is the gun cast with you yeah. and Vicky. Yeah, gun cast is um, spontaneous. It's not really scripted. We take some kind of... People love it. And honestly, the YouTube uh, uh, algorithm isn't great for me right now. But when it clicks, it's going to click. Yeah. But keep gunning gun cast is strictly made those videos make like 27 dollars frank that's you know that can't even buy dinner nowadays yeah. those videos are strictly made to entertain and just make people happy on a monday that's all they are gunners especially on a monday you know what yeah. i mean and uh vicky has a lot of potential definitely definitely a lot but he is he is so afraid of failing that I believe it's going to take something dramatic to happen for him to fully be successful. He's not going to become successful anytime soon. He's not because he's afraid of failing. You know what I mean? When I order something, I order it with confidence. Yeah. You make a bolt, you make it with confidence. He was supposed to drop merchandise last year, but he was always afraid of failing. And when he dropped merch two weeks ago, sold out. Yeah, he was so happy. And I'm happy for Hell him. Yeah. But he's not, he's not ready to become successful until he lets go of that fear factor. Well, him selling out of the merch, him getting that recognition for it, that's a small victory. And then you get that feeling and you're just like, wow, let me try it again. And when you get that other victory and then you keep going, then these small victories, they add to huge victories in the future. So, I mean, it's just it, it's a long road, you know, and it's good that he had this taste of success right here. And hopefully that propels him to want to keep pushing forward and forward. Yeah. Also, it, it's kind of difficult for him, too, because look who he's behind. He's behind me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm the fucking guy selling a shitload of stuff. I'm the guy that's popular. I'm the guy that's idolized. I'm the guy that's looked up, you know, looked up to. He's got a, you know, the shadow that's casted right under him. It's big. It is big. But. He can't be afraid to lose. Yeah. 
You can't. You're never going to win. It's like going back to basketball. Imagine how many times Jordan was afraid to take the last shot. Would he be Jordan? Yeah, you're right. Would he yeah. be Kobe? Would he be LeBron? You can't be afraid. Once he lets go of that fear factor, he's going to be a whole nother animal. Because his personality is fire. Yeah, fuck it's yeah, fire. dude. I, I really like when you guys get away from talking about cars and just bullshit with each other. That's my favorite mm -hmm. part of it because that's when you see the mm -hmm. most genuine interactions, just how you guys are laughing and talking shit. And it's something that I wish I had, you know, I wish I had another podcast where I can do it with a friend and we do it every single week, yeah. you know, but yeah. nobody's really as passionate about this kind of stuff around here that I yeah. am. Yeah, absolutely. You know what it is? It's, it's hard to get to some place when you don't have the common goal with someone yeah. else. You know what I mean? So if you hire an employee right now off the street, a kid that needs $10, $15 an hour, after the first two weeks, you'll start to see the progression decline. He's stagnant. Yeah. He doesn't want to make Frank a lot of money. He doesn't want to produce. He's happy. You know, he gets paid on Friday. Yeah. You know, he's going out the weekend, back to work Monday. You live normal, you're going to get normal shit. Yeah, I feel you. So let's talk about the, um, since you had a gun cast, you got the YouTube channel popping. Uh, what's the YouTube channel? Uh, just straight keep gunning, right? Just keep gunning. Keep gunning. Yep. Keep gunning. We, um, yeah, we teach, we educate, we, we let people uh, build the confidence to do everything they thought they couldn't do. And then you started doing the, uh, the giveaways. Yeah, so we're building uh, we're building cars with themes, with um, with personality. You know what I mean? We're building cars that have substance, and what we do is we build. We just we we take it to the extreme. We make everything you ever wanted to do, but you couldn't afford to do it yet, possible, and we give it away. I love it. We don't do raffles. I do not do raffles. I think raffles, once the FBI boys catch on to them, a lot of people are going to be fucked. I'm not giving out no warnings, <laughs> but I do giveaways. So you obtain something, you buy something, you get it. Yeah. Just so happens it comes with a ticket and you can win a car. So, And right now we're building cars. The last What's giveaway it? was uh, EG Turbo K-Series all-wheel drive, right? Right hand drive. So right hand drive too. So let's right let's talk drive. about the next giveaway, which is the uh, Kobe giveaway. Oh yeah, Kobe. So uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe's my hero. Kobe's my number one. It's I mean it's God, my children, Kobe. You know what I mean? I've got him tatted right here. He's on me, his jersey. And uh, Kobe changed my life in two thousand eight, man. Kobe changed my life in 2008. He, he did some remarkable things, and I just took on that mentality to just kill shit, kill, 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 kill. And um, this, this build is a tribute to Kobe Bryant, and I'm going to give it away. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's Dope, man. Basically it. And uh, I'm yeah. glad to be part of it, dude. I like to see all the things you're doing for the community. Well, even for the Gunners. You know, the Gunners, they're yeah. still part of my community. You know, there, yeah, as awesome. far as yeah. the, the entire yeah. Honda community, um, I understand the place that you're coming from. I understand the mentality you have. 
and I, I wish you luck with everything you do, man. And um, anytime you need any help from me, I'm always here to help out, dude. No, and I, I appreciate you for um, being enthusiastic to help with the bill, too. It's like because you reached out and you said, yo, I got to be a part of this, bro. You know, L.A., Kobe, giveaway, you know, life-changing. And um, to get that support still from a few companies, man, even through all the drama, it means a lot to me. You know, Tri-State, Four Piston, <coughs> Elite Garage, Action Clutch, um, YNS Lexan, man, such a small company, man. Husband and wife, they cut Lexan. They try to make an honest living. They're out of Pennsylvania. So underrated. Um, FCS, everyone that helps me, man, like just thank you because the agenda is genuine. The agenda is genuine. It means something. But um, I'm going to continue to influence. I'm going to continue to change lives. I'm going to continue to give Gunners confidence. And um, I'm glad to have you on my side. Hell yeah. Likewise, bro. So um, this is probably going to be one of the longest pods we ever did. <laughs> and probably the yeah. one of the most interesting, yeah. dude. I uh, Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you want to cover that you missed? Um, I want to say this before I go. I would love to be on here again in a few months. I really don't want to talk about Definitely. racing. Maybe we can get into some awesome conspiracy theories. Definitely. Maybe we can get into uh, government agendas, yeah. uh, political agendas. <laughs> Maybe we can get into that because I get to flex my brain. You know yeah. what I mean? Likewise. I just hate to be looked at. I hate to be looked at as a kid that just builds dope ass cars or cars, period. I, I, I want to be known uh for being an intelligent person also yeah i do yeah no definitely yeah. we'll we'll go ahead and do that because that's the reason why i did this podcast man i want to uh, there's so much stuff that i want to talk about that isn't related to cars because my day is just cars 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 you know involved in this community and i'm like yeah that's cool but there's so many other things that i'm really interested in so we definitely need to do that um thank you for for doing this with me both of us getting the stuff off of our chest. Um, mm -hmm. Once again, I, I don't want to promote any negativity. Anything that I said was 100% fact. Um, I'm not wishing any, any ill will on anybody that was mentioned. I wish them the best. I hope that they find peace in their life. And um, that's basically it, man. So before we get out of here, dude, can you uh, let everybody know where they can find you at? Um, so it's ghost boy Aki on Instagram. And then it's just keep gunning on YouTube. Uh, the website is keep gunning.com K E E P G U N N I N.com. Um, gunners, I love you so much, man. If you're listening right now, please, uh, just know how much I appreciate your loyalty. That's it. And please show love to the podcast guys. This is a slow grind and uh, we're trying hard, man. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, big shout out to our sponsor, Heel Toe Automotive. Uh, they've been around since 2002, supplying you guys with uh, the best brands from the Honda community. Make sure you guys check them out, heeltoeauto.com. And uh, Aki, thank you, man, for your time. I really appreciate it, bro. And I hate that we had to stir up some of these old, uh, old memories. But from here on, just positivity and uh, grinding, man. And I wish you the best. 
Yeah, thank you so much. All the gunners that are listening right now, please subscribe to uh, Frank's channel, man. Uh, I, I would tremendously appreciate your support for him. Thank you. Uh, and that's all I have to ask. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Downtime with Downstar 165, and we out. Peace.